theyeshiva.net. Last night, we began to teach the Siyam of Maseches Erevin that was made by the Lubavitcher Rebbe on the yardset of his father, Chof of Tovshin Chof Beis, the 20th of Av, 1962, published in Lakute Sichis, volume 11, the third Sicha for Parshas Beshalach. We explored the last mission of Maseches Erevin, Davkov Dalad Amid Beis, and the final piece of Gemara, which concludes Maseches Erevin, Davkov Hei Amud Aleph. As I mentioned last night in the first part of the Shir, because of constraints of time, I only took out one point of the Rebbe's Hadron. It was a very long Hadron. I took out one point discussing the Pshat in the Mishnah and the Pshat in the Gemara. Tonight, we're going to address another part of the Hadron of the Lubavitcher Rebbe, Meseches Erevin, which discusses the end of Meseches Erevin, the Mishnah and the Gemara, based on the spiritual, psychological, and emotional dimension of Yiddishkeit. It says in Zohar, that every part of Torah, there's Nishmasa Dereis and the Gufa Dereis, there's the body of Torah and the soul of Torah. The body is the physical structure of the human being, and a soul without a body can't live in this world. But the soul is the engine, the battery, the vitality, the inner consciousness that vivifies and animates. It's the Pnimius, it's the internal aspect of the body. Zoysa Torah Adam, the human being, is compared to Torah. Torah is also a metaphor for the Adam. Torah also has the Pnimius and the Guf. As Davni Nezer writes in Shalsa Truvis Avni Nezer, I think the, one of his first Truvis, he says, just like the body and the soul are completely equivalent and they mirror each other and reflect each other and they're actually one wholesome continuum. It's not like here is your body, here is your soul. It's one cohesive entity. The mind, the body, the soul, the consciousness, all working in a seamless flow and perfect synchronization and integration, creating the mosaic and the tapestry and the miracle of a living organism, which we call life. This is true and it actually begins with Torah. So today we're going to explore the second part of the Hadron. Again, I wish I could do all of the aspects of the Hadron and Erevin that the Lubavitch Rebbe did then, but I'm, I'm taking out a few seminal and major points and trying to elucidate it, explain it on the source sheets, which you can open up on the yeshiva.net. You have both the Mishnah and the Gemara. You also have the whole Sikha there that's published, which you could learn inside. And that published Sikha is part of the Hadron that the Rebbe said then on Chav of Tavshin Chav Bez, I said during the yardside of his father. So, I'm not going to repeat last night's shir. If you didn't hear it, you can hear it. Uh, you can review it. That's the, the the advantage of technology. But let's remember the Mishnah and the Gemara so we could move on to the next step. So the last Mishnah, Masech Erevin, begins. And again, you can open it in your source sheets. talks about a very interesting case, Sheretz Shenimtze Bemikdash. Something that was not a desirable situation, a dead sheretz, one of the eight creeping insects that imparts impurities, found the Beis HaMikdash, what should be done? Whether it's on the weekdays, whether it's Shabbos, there's an argument. Rabbi Yechonim Embrekes says the Kayan should right away take his sash, his belt, and then remove the sheretz, even though his garment is going to become Tameh. Rabbi Yehuda argues and says absolutely not, he should not contaminate his, his garment, rather he should wait till he finds wooden tongues, as the, the language of the Mishnah is what, B'tzvah shall eats wooden tongues, and that's how he should extract and remove the sherets from the base of because wooden tongues, trute kaleyates, are not susceptible to tumah. Why should you make the garment tameh? Even though that's going to delay the tumah, because, because it may take some time until the kayan discovers wooden tongues with which to 
get out, get the sherets out. That's the discussion of the last Mishnah native in. But then perplexingly and surprisingly, the last line of the Mishnah suddenly interjects a statement that at first glance has absolutely no relationship with the Mishnah. And that is, The place where the Chachamim have permitted you to be, they have given you your own space. Because they only permitted that which is rabbinically prohibited. It is so perplexing. What is Rav Shimon saying? How does it come into this Mishnah? Why is this the end of Erevin? This is the question of the Gemara, the last piece of Erevin. And what does the Gemara say? The Gemara says, you're right. This statement of Rav Shimon doesn't belong here in the Mishnah. It's actually a continuation from completely different Mishnahs in Erevin. The first statement of Rav Shimon is a continuation of the end of chapter 4. This is the end of chapter 10. The end of chapter 4, Daf Nun Beis. You're talking about 50 pages backwards. You gotta go more than 50 pages backwards. The last mission of Peridal of Edovin. Where? There was a fascinating case, Misha Somebody who would like to go to the city for Shabbos, but when Shabbos came, when nightfall came, he was outside of the border of Shabbos of that city. When means if he already arrived in the city before Shabbos, or he arrived within the 2000 Amas, which is the border of Shabbos, that you cannot trespass on Shabbos, you can go outside of the city 2000 Amas in each direction. Wonderful, he made it. It's great. But if he never made it into the Tchum, so what's the halacha? Tanakama says, we're so sorry. He can't make it to the city because he never made it into the Tchum. He could go 2,000 Amas in every direction because wherever you are Friday night, that becomes your space for Shabbos. And from that space, you can walk 2,000 Amas in each direction. You could. If you're living in a town or in a city, you can go, the whole city is considered your four cubits, like your home. And then you can go 2,000 Amas outside of the city. But if this guy is in the field somewhere, in the wilderness somewhere, he wanted to get to the city. But when Shabbos came in, what happened? He was outside of the Tchum, so he can go 2,000 Amas, no problem, in any direction he wants. But he's not going to be able to make it into the city because the city is more than 2,000 Amas. So the end of his Tchum Shabbos will not make it into the city. This is what Tanakhama says. Reb Shimon tells us a big Chiddush. You know what? I want to tell you something. If he's within 15 Amas of the Tchum, of the border, he could go in. That means, if he's within approximately around 30 feet, go over take, from with a border where there's a marker and says, till here's the border of Shabbos for this city. For this village, for this town, he could go in. Why? Reb Shimon explained because those who put up the signs, who put up the markers, deliberately, deliberately were not accurate. They knew that people take a stroll out of Shabbos and may not notice the sign and may go a little further. And therefore, they actually made the border not in the correct place. The border, they, the border was pushed in. And therefore, it's approximately it's not a, we can't say for sure, but it's approximately around 15 Amis, give or take. Give or take. According to the first interpretation of Rashi, even according to the second interpretation of Rashi, the Meiri discusses, give or take. It's approximately 15 Amis. And therefore, if you are till 15 Amis from the Tchum, don't worry, go in, Reb Shimon says, it's fine, go in. If you're more, if let's say you're 20 Amis, then you have to walk 2,000 Amis, you can't go into the city. But if you already made it into the Tchum of the city, now you are in the border of the city, and therefore you can go the 2,000 Amis, you can go into the city, you can go till the end of the city, and you can go another 2,000 Amis in the other direction. So Reb Shimon is saying, Where the Chachamim allowed you to come in the Tchum Shabbos, They're giving you your own space, meaning you are in the Tchum. They're letting you come back into the Tchum because you made it into the Tchum. What about the second part of Reb Shimon? This is referring to another Mishnah. Actually in chapter 10, earlier, Davkov Beis, 
the Mishnah, and then the Gemara quotes a Bryce, if a Levi is singing in the Besamekdash on Shabbos and one of the chords of the harp snaps, so Tanakama says you're allowed to make a knot on Shabbos. You're allowed to make a good, powerful knot on Shabbos in the Besamekdash if you need it for the musical avoid, the part of the avoid that was music. That's fine. Rabbi Shimon says, absolutely not. Only a bow. You're, you're playing the harp on Shabbos, you can tie the cord with a bow. Oinva avaloi kash. This is what Rabbi Shimon said. So Rabbi Shimon is now explaining here at the end of Erev in his logic. And his logic is that if you allow this person to make a knot, you allow the lady to make a knot on Shabbos, remember, such a knot is a good knot and he may leave it there permanently. The harp may be now knotted, and he may leave it there. In other words, he may be violating an Isram and Hatayra of kosher. But on Aniva, a bow, this can never bring to a biblical prohibition. Because it can't be, by, by definition, it can't be a permanent knot. The only biblical prohibition is a permanent knot. So therefore, Reb Shimon says, I only allow you to make a bow, because even though Reb Shimon holds you not allowed to make a bow on Shabbos, but it's only a rabbinic prohibition, and it can't bring you to a biblical prohibition, even if you try, this is what I allow you to do. And this is the end of Masech Tzayi So in our first year we discussed how difficult all of this is. First of all, that Rib Shimon puts together these two halachas, one is connected to chapter 4, and one is connected to chapter 10, and both of them, and they, they're juxtaposed here, and both of them are misplaced. One belongs in chapter 4, one belongs in chapter 10, and yet he brings them both together, and both are in the wrong place. Both are in the wrong Mishnah. And even if Hatoisviz or the Marsha explained they wanted to wait till the end of Maseches Erevin, it doesn't belong in this Mishnah, it should be a separate Mishnah. And then we discussed other, another question on Toisviz, who says that the two statements of Reb Shimon are really saying the same thing, so why is he redundant and repeating himself in different words? And for this, the Lubavitcher Rebbe went into a long discussion that when you look on a deeper level, when you... You know, when we look at arguments, we look at, there's a, there's a, there's a harp in the Beis HaMikdash. There was a guy who ended up Friday night somewhere in the forest and he didn't make it into the perimeter of the, into the border of Shabbos. And then there's a situation of a Sheretz in the Beis HaMikdash. Now these three things are disjointed completely. You can, you cannot bring them together. That's only if you look at the external incarnation of the halach. But if you dissect the halach and you see the pnimius of it, you see the underlying mahalach, the shnit, the perspective, suddenly things that are disjointed becomes unified. This is generally the principle in learning that the more we explore the externalities, the more things are different from each other. When we go into the pnimius and we see the underlying message, so then halachas that may be disconnected from a practical and concrete point of view essentially are saying the same thing. And isn't this also true in all Lahavdal and all of science and all of physics, right? The differences between, the difference between matter, one item of matter and another one is when I look at it from an external point of view. Suddenly when we excavate and we, uh, we search for the building blocks of matter, the world is a very, very unified place. And how about living organisms? When we again excavate and we go to the building blocks of living organism, amino acid, the genome, DNA, of course, we know that our entire planet, all living organisms, we're using the same dictionary. <laughs> and even a banana and I share 50% of DNA, and the chimp and I share 98% of DNA, and some people like to say 99%, and perhaps there's a difference between... Uh, uh, 
the two. The reason it's this way in the world is Takal Baraisa Baraisa because it's this way in Taira. And the discussion at length was that great debate throughout Shas, Kamos and Echos, what prevails, a cumulative quantity, even if it's lesser quality or no. Quality, potent quality, even if it's lesser quantity. With the many examples and manifestations that we gave, and there are more that you could look up in Lekech Toiv of Rabbi Yosef Engel, I think Klal Tesvav, Tezayin, and other Svarim. And the Rebbe showed how this debate is being explored in the last mission of Meseches Erevin, in the case of the Sheretz, in the case of Tchum Shabbos, and in the case of the cord of the Kinor that was snapped and ripped in the Beis HaMikdash. This is the brief summation of our Shir, part one of the Sim Erevin. Now let's go to step two. We're still going to come back to some points of step one, but now we're going to step two of the Hadron. The Rambam, in his introduction to Pirish HaMishnayis, discusses the sequences of Mesechtas. Why is the first Mesechta Brachas? Why is the second one Peyed, Michael, Ayim? Why is the first one of Seyed, Moyed, Shabbos? Why does Erevin come after Shabbos? Why does Pesachim come after Erevin? Why does Shkalim come after Pesachim? There's a reason for this. There's a sequence. The Rambam explains it. He says, why does Erevin come after Shabbos? So the Rambam's expression is because Erevin is Me'inyin Shabbos. It's, it's, it's Me'inyin Shabbos. It's part of the theme of Shabbos. Because all the halachas of Erevin, whether it's Eruvei Chatzeris, Shitufei Mevayis, Eruvei Tchumen, these are all aspects that are connected to Shabbos. But the Rebbe said, knowing that the Rambam compressed in his brief words very profound ideas, the Rambam says that Erevin is Me'inyin Shabbos, said the Lubavitcher Rebbe, the Rambam doesn't only mean that Erevin is an aspect of Shabbos. When he writes Erevin is Me'inyin Shabbos, he may be alluding to even a deeper idea, that is that Erevin captures and embodies the quintessence of Shabbos. Why and how? So there's a medrash in Bereshis Rabbah Parshiyot Aleph. Perplexing medrash and a fascinating one. The Roman governor who was placed by the Romans in Judea and was quite a learned man and loved debating the sages of the time, especially Rabbi Akiva. This is the second century after the Common Era. One day the Medrash says, Turnus Rufus Harosh asked Rabbi Akiva, Ma yoimi yoimayim. What makes Shabbos a unique day? Rabbi Akiva responds with a fascinating answer. Ma gever miguvrin. What makes you different than other people? Why are you Turnus Rufus, the governor who everybody has to honor and obey? What's the difference? Between you and somebody else, a schlepper. <laughs> so Turnus Rufus uh, was taken aback and someone told him, what are you talking about? I was appointed by the Roman emperor. He has conferred upon me special role, special responsibility, special respect. And the ultimate emperor, the governor of the world, the ruler of the world, has conferred special respect on the seventh day of the week. That's my yom, yom, yom. Like we say, Tunisrufus was now that dumb. He said, Really? If God Hashem respects Shabbos, I look at the world, I don't see any respect on Shabbos. He's not respecting Shabbos. You, the Jews, he says, you're not allowed to plow, you're not allowed to plant, you're not allowed to harvest, you're not allowed to make piles, you're not allowed to thresh, you're not allowed to select, you're not allowed to ground, you're not allowed to sift, you're not allowed to knead, you're not allowed to bake. You're not allowed to carry, garnish, no make fires, extinguish fires, build, demolish. 
He has no problem. He does everything on Shabbos. It rains on Shabbos. You're not allowed to water your plants on Shabbos. God waters all the plants on Shabbos. It rains on Shabbos very often. He promotes growth on Shabbos. The winds blow, carry things from inside to outside, from one domain to another domain. Where is his respect for Shabbos? This is Tunus Rufus' question. What does Rebbe Akiva answer? Rebbe Akiva doesn't say, well, God can do what he wants, because we have a principle in Medrash, all the mitzvahs that he tells the Jews to do or not to do, to stay all the mitzvahs he tells us to do and those things that he tells us to abstain from, he himself obeys. So Rebbe Akiva says, let me ask you a question. If there is a private courtyard, a home with a private courtyard, and there's an Erev, an Erev Chatseris that's made. Am I allowed to carry from my house into the courtyard? Tornasrufus apparently knew about an Erev, he knew about an Erev Chatseris. He says, yeah, you're allowed. Why? The answer is because it's a, it's, a, it's a private domain, it's not a public domain. I could carry from my house, from one room into another room. I could carry from my house into my courtyard. We're talking about a courtyard that is a private domain. It has the halachas of Rishos Hayachid. It's confined, it has four walls. The walls are have the height of ten tefachim. A tefach is between three and four inches. I mentioned that when it comes to tefach and amma, there are the, contemp- the, the arguments of contemporary halachic authorities, but a tefach is generally seen around between 3.1, Reb Chaim Na, and four inches, Chazaynish, between three and four. So if it's a wall, if the walls are a tall tent fachim, and it's a dal- what's called dalit al dalit, it's, it's a rishus hayachid, you'll have to carry there. So Bakiva says, kol ha'olam shaloi, the whole world is the domain, the private domain of the Rebbeinah Shalom. So he could carry everywhere. It's his house. He could carry from the kitchen to the dining room, from the dining room to the living room, from the living room to the porch, from the porch to the courtyard, back to the bedroom, back to the basement, upstairs. It's his world. It's his Rishus. That's what Rebbe Kiva says. This is the end of the Medrash. Ask the Rebbe, he says, this seems incomprehensible. And this is a question that's raised by many Mepharshim. Rebbe Kiva didn't answer the question. Rebbe Kiva only explained why Hashem is allowed to carry on Shabbos. A wind comes and takes a leaf or takes something else from one domain to another domain. Hashem can do it. It's all His world, granted. What about the other malachas of Shabbos? I'm allowed to water the plants in my house. The other malachas of Shabbos have nothing to do with Rishus HaYachid and Rishus The other malachas of Shabbos are forbidden even in Rishus HaYachid. I'm allowed to make a fire in my own house. I'm allowed to write in my own house. I'm allowed to plant in my own house. I'm allowed to irrigate my plants in my own house. Let's say the whole world is Rosh Hashanah. Rebbe Kiva did not answer the question. What do we see from this Medrash, says the Rebbe? Rebbe Kiva did answer the question. Because essentially, taking out from one domain, carrying from one domain into another domain, which we call Meleches Haitzah, taking an object from a private domain to a public domain, or from a public domain to a private domain, is not just one of the 39 Meleches of Shabbos. It is one of the 39 malachas of Shabbos. And it has all of its halachas, like the other malachas have its halachas. But it also captures the quintessence of Shabbos. Another proof for this, or, or this will explain something perplexing. Eiruvin came after Masech the Shabbos. How does Masech the Shabbos begin? The opening of Masech the Shabbos. Yitzhiyah, Shabbos, Shtayim Shnaar B'Befnim, Shtayim Shnaar B'Chutz. Ketzad. Ketzad. Po, Shat, Balabayis, Balabayis, Eimed B'Fnim, Vani B'Chutz. The beginning of Masech the Shabbos begins. 
about the laws of carrying on Shabbos. And it creates a scenario. There's a home. The owner of the home is inside the house. The poor person came to get some food because he's hungry standing outside of the house. And all of the scenarios, the Mishnah goes through various scenarios of the Balabayas, picks up a piece of bread from the table and puts it in his hand and stretches out his hand outside and places it in the hand of the Ani. He makes a Akira, he makes a Hamacha. He is liable. He has to bring a field. And the Mishnah goes through various scenarios. When, there are, when one is liable, when the other one is liable, when they're exempt, when it's biblically prohibited, when it's rabbinically prohibited. All the different cases in Yitzhiya Shabbos. Asks Taisvus a Gavaldik a question. He says, I don't understand. There are 39 labors that are forbidden on Shabbos. 39 prototype labors known as Avas Malachas. They're enumerated in the 7th chapter of Shabbos Klal Gadl. Carrying from one domain to another domain is at the end of the list. Why does the Mishnah of Masechah Shabbos begin with one of the 39 labors and this one is at the end of the list, towards the end of the list? Great question. Why are you starting all of Masechah Shabbos with this isolated halacha? Start with the order of the 39 malachas, the way it's enumerated in the 7th Pedic of Masechah Shabbos. And the Toysavis asked the question, the Midi asked the question, I think the Rajbah asked the question, a lot of the Rishonim asked the question. The famous answer that they give is, it's a malacha grua, you're right. You're right, it doesn't belong at the beginning of the Masechta. The problem is that Hitzah is an inferior malacha. Meaning, we wouldn't call it a malacha because you're not creating a change in the object. All the other malachas, you're creating something. Shabbos, Hashem rested from creation. Creative work is forbidden on Shabbos. You lit a fire. You planted a seed. You cooked food. It wasn't edible, you made it edible. You demolished, you wrote, you erased, you sowed. It's a creative work. When I carry, I have a key in my pocket or I have a book. And I take it from inside to outside, nothing changed. So it's a malacha guru, it's an inferior malacha. You have to understand why it's a malacha on Shabbos. That's why the Tana begins in order to accentuate and emphasize it because it has lesser status. But obviously, it's still difficult to understand because this means that the whole Masech to Shabbos begins with a malacha that actually doesn't seem like a malacha and it's only one in the list of 39. But now we'll understand that there's a deeper explanation based on this medrash. You know why the Mishnah starts off with Yitzhiya Shabbos? It's true, carrying on Shabbos is one of the 39 malachas. But there's something about this malacha of carrying on Shabbos that captures the essence of Shabbos. So Masech Shabbos begins with the concept of Yitzhiya Shabbos, Ketzat. Pashat Balabayis Esadil Lechutz, because this embodies what Shabbos is. Why? To quote the Rebbe in Yiddish, is the Klal von Shabbos. The cloud from Shabbos is There's a space that's called inside. There's a space that's called outside. There's internal space and there's external space. There's a space of pnimius and there's a space of chitzonius. There's a space of truth and there's a space of superficiality. There's a space of alignment, of depth, of harmony, of oneness. And there's a space of chitzonius, of externality, of superficiality. Who is inside? The balabayas. Who is outside? The impoverished individual who is destitute and is craving for nurture and attachment and nourishment. There are two domains. There's something called pnim and there's something called chutz. What does this mean? The chinuch, the sefer chinuch in Mitzvah Lamed Bey says that the purpose of Shabbos, the shayrish of Shabbos is likvoya, I quote, likvoya benavshenu emunas chidush ha'olam. In little simple words, to entrench, to ingrain in our soul, the awareness of the creation of the world. Or in simple words, I'll quote the Rebbe in Yiddish, Shabbos is gekumen zu verbinden der Welt mit Neibishtim. Shabbos came in order to create alignment, to sync, to hat sync, to synchronize, to link, 
to unite, to connect, to attach, to align the universe with its divine creator, with its divine essence. The world itself, Olam, comes from the word Helam. The word Olam means concealment. Olam and Milash and Helam, based on the Gemara and Psach. It says in Chumash, Hashem said, let us make man. Says the Medrash, when Moshe was taking dictation, he was writing the Sefer Torah, he paused. Nasa Adam, let us make man? Us? Polytheism? I will make man. Hashem Echad. You know what Hashem says? Oh yeah, change it. No. He says, You write Nasa Adam. Whoever wants to err will make an error. What's the meaning of this? Pshat says the Rebbe is inherent into the fabric of the universe is the ability for the error of fragmentation. The perception that I am alone, I am detached, we are disconnected. There is no one harmonious world. The truth is, the ganze Welt is a Rishus HaYochid. The whole world is a Rishus HaYochid. It's a world of oneness. Shema Yisrael Hashem Alekeinu Hashem Echad, the motto of Yiddishkeit means not only that there's one creator, creation is one. Creation is an aspect of infinity. If the doors of perception were cleansed, everything would appear as is. Divine, infinite oneness. Ein Hashem Ein Oid The whole world is unified. But when I look at the world, when my doors of perception are not cleansed, when my lenses are not transparent, when my vision is somewhat eclipsed, when my emotions are not completely aligned with truth, I look around and I see nasa adam, plurality, fragmentation, dichotomies everywhere, split, war, conflict, inside the person, a lack of harmony, contention, various forces, good and evil, morality and immorality, depression and happiness, selfishness and selflessness, narcissism and transcendence, confidence and insecurity, fear and courage, they both dwell in my heart, sometimes simultaneously, or a few minutes apart from each other. This is a room that, this is a world that allows room for error. Reality is often concealed, and I often live in those blockages, in that concealment. Comes Shabbos, and what does a Jew announce? A Jew announces, there's a, there's a creator of the world. The world is not a Hefkevelt. The world has purpose. The world has meaning. The world is harmonious. The world was conceived in love. And at the core of all reality, there is a presence of love and meaning and purpose. And since Hashem rested on Shabbos from the creation, therefore, I am also going to rest on Shabbos. And therefore, there are certain things I will do on Shabbos. The positive mitzvahs of Shabbos, whether it's Kiddush, Zachir, Esayim, Shabbos, Lekatsha, etc. And... There are all the negatives, that which I will not do on Shabbos in order not to violate Shabbos. So Shabbos comes to revolutionize the landscape of planet Earth and to demonstrate that even though when I look superficially at the world, Nasa Adam, this is a fragmented world. In other words, there is good and there is evil. There's different choices that I can make. There's trauma and there's toxicity. And then there is goodness and beauty and holiness, but there's also unholiness. And this is a world of conflict and a world of contention and a world in which one can easily be a respected agnostic or even a respective, respected atheist. In the world I can engage in mitzvah. I can engage in the opposite of a mitzvah. I can follow God's will and I can also betray and obey God's will. I can even deny that there is something called purpose, meaning God's will. That's true. 
That's Oilam Kimin Hage Noyeg Oilam Iloshin Helam. Come Shabbos to Nasrufa says, This is a unique day. This is the day when we pay tribute to the truth that the world is a Rishus Hayachit. The world is a singular place. Hashem Echad Einoid Mulvada. I, I don't see it. I, everything is fragmented. I, there's so many different and opposite spaces, but the truth is, as the Pasuk says in Yeshaya Perik Memhe, Yoitzer Eir. He forms light and creates darkness. He makes peace and he creates evil. I am Hashem who does all of this. In other words, the truth that Shabbos attests to is, it's not that there's one world with his Kedush, and there's another world with his Tumah. There's one world with his good, and there's another world with his evil. There's one world with his happiness. There's another world with his depression. There's one world where there is a healthy mental state. There's another world where there's trauma and depression. It's all divine. You cannot take anything out of the domain of the Rebbeinu Shalaylam. Everything is achdus. Everything is one. Even that which we call negative, even that which we call toxic, even that which we call immoral, is really part of the Rishus Hayachit. However, our relationship with it changes. In Yiddishkeit, there's two aspects. There's Tzur Meirana There's some things Hashem says, I want you to engage in. There's some things Hashem says, I want you to abstain from. And the Gemara says, Yashav mitzvah. When a person abstains from sin, it's like you're doing a mitzvah. In other words, even ra, even negativity and evil is also part of a lakus. Einoid Mulvadi says the Gemara in Chulun Shalom That's also part of Achtos Hashem. Sometimes God is giving me an opportunity to grow, to flex my muscles, to say no. This also has purpose. This also has meaning. This is also a part of Avodah Hashem. Avodah Hashem is comprised of two different aspects. One is those things that I can engage, I can embrace, and I can make them mine. And Avodah Hashem is also to be able to look at certain things and quarantine them. And realize that they may have space in my life, but I will not worship them. I will actually embrace who I am and not allow them to control my life. That's the concept of Sur Meira. In other words, you have a relationship with them. Your relationship with them is B'derech Tchia. They're there in order to become and serve as a catalyst and a springboard for your own growth. They are alarm, alarm clocks helping you wake up, helping you, reminding you who you are. A classic example would be anxiety. You could look at anxiety as a horrible thing. It is, it's not fun. But the truth is, it's also Enoid Mulvade. It's there to make you aware. It's an alarm clock to wake you up and make you aware of certain things that are going on in you. And if you will tune into that, you will grow from that in extraordinary ways. Not by worshipping the anxiety and surrendering to the anxiety and becoming one anxious person. But rather, by seeing the anxiety as concealing something inside. There is a purpose there. There is godliness there. There is meaning there. It's teaching me what I have to work on. It's teaching me what I'm afraid of. It's teaching me maybe about a trauma that's sitting in my body somewhere and have an opportunity to go. This is, and have an opportunity to extricate myself from it. This is true with all temptation. It's true with every single reality I confront in the world. From the perspective of the Rebbeinu Shalom, it's all Rishus Hayachet. Rishus Hayachet means there are sparks here, there are opportunities here, there is a meaning here. Sometimes my avoid is through the positive, and sometimes my avoid is rejection. My avoid is say, I feel this, it's powerful, but I'm not going to let it define my life. I'm not going to let it control my life. Therefore, in our world, where there is so much fragmentation, comes the day of Shabbos. And the day of Shabbos, I say, I'm not doing any melacha. Hashem rested. I rest. This world is God's world. And therefore, there are things I do on Shabbos, there are things I don't do on Shabbos. Comes Rabbi Akiva and says, this is all true in our world. 
which is defined by fragmentation, nasa adam But when you're living in a space, in a reality, where you see clearly that everything is a rishus hayachid, there's only oneness. You don't see toivera. You see yoytzer oiru vayri chayshech. Ani Hashem oisei kolayla oisei shalom abayri Even the ra itself is part of enayd muvadai. Or to quote the Rebbe in Yiddish, I'm a lept in a welt, shreit, as there is by shafing of one from the Meibrishten. It's very emotional. When you live in a world where the ra itself screams that I was created from Hashem, I am only a conduit for divine energy. I am only here to bring out the best and the deepest in you. Don't fall prey to my veneer. Don't fall prey to the superficiality of me. Ani Hashem When you live in a world with the rash right, as if my shafing of one from the Meibushton, and when you live in a world again, I'll quote the Lubavitcher Rebbe: "Vas ein ba'olam ella echa." There is nothing but oneness. And the Medrash Rabbi, the Medrash says, "Yalkut Shemayni." The Medrash says that when Mashiach comes, unbelievable Medrash, and a Jew is going to come to a fig tree, and he's going to want to pluck a fig because it's geshmak. You know what's going to happen? This is the Medrash says, the tree is going to scream, Shabbos Hayoim! Today is Shabbos, Al-Tigabi, don't touch me, don't touch me. What's the meaning of this? People read the Medrash, okay, they think it's cute. No, this is the essence. When I look at the fig tree, I don't see the DNA of the fig tree. And even if I'm using my microscopic scientific instruments and I can discover the DNA, I don't see the spiritual DNA of the fig tree. But when Mashiach comes, when the Navi says, Yeshaya says, The lenses, my perspective of reality will be able to be clear. The eye will be able. We will have micro, spiritually microscopic eyes. That's the word. Spiritually micro, microscopic eyes from a spiritual perspective that will allow us to see the DNA of the tree. The tree is screaming, it's begging you. Don't touch me, it's Shabbos. Shabbos Hayyim. Shabbos is the reality of the Brik. Why are you harvesting? This is, this is in dissonance with reality. You're, you're, you're cutting into the fabric of reality. It's a Rishus It's Hashem's world. This is the day of rest. It's not the day of creativity. It's not the day of harvesting. I don't see that victory. So I can acknowledge this by not harvesting. But when somebody sees this in the victory, and certainly by Hashem, where it's not just the tree screams, but the whole word is l'chatchila rishus hayachid. So Rabbi Kiva says, by Hashem, there's no concept of carrying from one domain to another domain. It's all rishus hayachid. So there's no concept of carrying. But therefore, all the other malachas don't bind Hashem either on Shabbos. Because what is the definition of every malacha of the 39 malachas? Essentially, you know what it is? When I do a malacha on Shabbos, what am I doing? I may be planting, I may be plowing, I may be writing, I may be erasing, I may be tearing, I may be sowing, I may be building, I may be demolishing, I may be threshing, I may be extracting, I may be sifting, I may be kneading, I may be baking, I may be cooking, I may be kindling, I may be extinguishing. But what am I doing? You know what I'm doing? I'm being moitzi mirishus I'm taking reality outside. I'm taking reality out of Rishus HaYochid, and I'm bringing into Rishus HaRabim. Yitzhiyas HaShabbos, that's the Klal of Shabbos. It's the Apnim, it's the Achutz. And the Balabayas is Bifnim. There's a vi- version of reality that is Pnim, and there's a version, there's a vision of the world that's Chutz. In which world are you going to live? In the world of Pnim or in the world of Chutz? I have to choose it. I don't live in heaven. In heaven there is oneness. On earth there's multiplicity. There is fragmentation. There's dichotomy. There is dissonance. I have to choose.
Do I live in the world of the balabayas? Do I live in the world of cravings and yearnings and addiction? The world of the Ani. That's the opening of Masech Shabbos. Because by Hashem, kol ha'aretz shaloi, so there's no yitzias, Hashabbos mirashus to rishus, so therefore all the malachas can be done. Because when I'm planting my plants on Shabbos, I'm taking the world out of rishus hayachin and bringing it into the rishus harabman on Shabbos, that is forbidden for the Jew. By Hashem, the whole world is a rishus hayachin, the Ra also screams, Einoid Mulvadai. So therefore, Rebbe Kiva is explaining, these malachas don't bind Hashem. Therefore, all of Shabbos is about space. Sacred space versus unsacred space. Space of oneness versus space of divisiveness. Space of wholesomeness versus space of trauma and brokenness. It's about space. It's recognizing space. Not just physical space, existential space. The space of Pnim and the space of Chutz. By Hashem, all space is oneness. He's called Hamokim. What does the Chazal say? He constitutes the space of the world. All the makayim is one. In our reality, in our version, I can be in a different space. I can be in a space of brokenness, of anger, of depression, of trauma, of restriction, of shame, of loathing, of fear, of insecurity. Anybody familiar with those spaces? I'm I'm familiar with them. And then I can be in a space of Shabbos. It's a beautiful story about the Ruzhenah. I shared this story with you once. Gemara says in Masech the Shabbos, Dav Samachtes. I think Samachtes Amit Beis. Person is in the forest, loses a sense of time. He doesn't know when Shabbos is. He doesn't remember which day of the week it is. What do you do? Two opinions. He counts six days, and then he observes Shabbos, or he observes Shabbos and he counts six days. Kibriyase Shaloylam, like other Marishan Tushitas. Rabbi Sral of Rijan, the great Hasidic master, was sitting at us as a child in Chayd, in Yeshiva, he's learning. Teacher teaches this Gemara. He raises and he says, I don't understand. Teacher explains it again. I don't understand. Explains it a few times. He says, you Sralik, you, what's for shtestinish? The guy is lost in the desert. He doesn't remember which day of the week it is. I don't know if today is Monday or Tuesday or Thursday or Wednesday or Shabbos. What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to keep Shabbos? So Yisrael, Rabbi Sral of Rijan says, well, what's the question? Megita Kukha from Himmel. You look up and you see it's Shabbos. <laughs> What's the question? It's a different energy. But in a, the ordinary human being's life, I have to be able to tune into this, to recognize this is Rosh Hashanah, this is Rosh Hashanah. All week, we fluctuate between the two domains. Shabbos is the one day a week that the entire day is dedicated to recognize, to inculcate within our psyche and our consciousness. Ein oid malvada. That's Shabbos. Comes the Rebbe and says, indeed, if you learn Masech the Shabbos and especially Masech the Erevin, you'll understand that the physical domains of Shabbos are reflective of this truth. We learned on Shabbos Davov. Rambam Shabbos, Pedek Yudalad. Four names of Hashem, Yud, K, Vav, K, Kisve, Arizal. But that's a separate sugya. We have Rishus HaYachid. Rishus HaYachid down here is a private domain. It's a place that reflects the ultimate Rishus HaYachid. We have a halacha. You learned it in Hilchus, in Meseches Erevin. We have a halacha. If you have a huge, huge, huge place, 
say Karpov, Shalhukov Ladira, huge territory. Mamish, but nobody lives there. Right? The Chachamim said you can't treat it Mamish like a Rishasayachit. Why? Because it has to be a Diras Adam. A Diras Adam Hatachtin represents Diras Adam Elyon. The Rambam says in Ilchis Chuva Perikhe, Hashem says, Hein ha Adam Hoyok Achad mi Menu. The Adam Hatachtin. Yechidoi Shel Oilam. There's the Adam Ha'elyon and there's the Adam Hatachtin. Adam Ha'elyon. Adam reflects Hashem. There's the Rishus Hayachid of the Rebbeinu Shalolim. There's the Rishus Hayachid of a person, which is a human person's home. And that's why if you have a huge territory, in order for it to be a full Rishus Hayachid, it has to be a Diras Adam. And it's interesting, Rishus Hayachid, Oil Adler There's no division. Rishus Arabim, after 10 Tvachim, the domain changes. The status changes. Rishus Hayachid, Oil Adler because it's connected with the vision of heaven, the vision of oneness. That's Rishus Hayachid. It's a private domain. What does Rishus Hayachid mean halachically? It's a place that's designated for an individual or individuals. But it's a place where there's privacy, where there's intimacy, where there is interconnectivity. Take a home, a regular Rishus it's a home. There's family, there's relationships, there's marriage. There's attachment, there's connection. Then you have the opposite extreme. Rishus Rabbim. What's the definition of Rishus Rabbim? Rishus Rabbim is a place of multiplicity. It's made for the public. And everybody could go there. It's not just for my family. It's not for my chevr. It's not, it's for everybody. It's a Rishus Rabbim. The loch of a Rishus Rabbim is it has to be 16 amas wide. It has to be an open path from both sides. According to some opinions, it has to be a place that 600,000 people walk on it during the day. 600,000, which represents the whole nation. You go to Rishus Rabbim. <laughs> Corona may have changed in Manhattan. Things will change. You know, you go on a, on a good day, 2nd Avenue, 5th Avenue, Manhattan, you walk, right? Hundreds of thousands, thousands and thousands of people, you bump into everybody, and today everybody's on the phone. And everybody's thinking about something else. This person is getting married tonight. This person has just got divorced. This person just made a million dollars. This person just lost a million dollars. But the funny thing is that every person thinks that what they're thinking about is the most important thing in the world. And everybody thinks... That they are at the center of the universe and this occupies them and everybody's in their own world. The ultimate Rosh Hashanah. A place of multiplicity, a place of not just diversity, a place of, of tremendous fragmentation. And above Yutvachim, it's already a different level because Rosh Hashanah is down here below. So you have your two realities. You have a reality of Nasa Adam, Rosh Hashanah, and you have a reality of Hashem Echad. Heina Adam Hoyek Achad Bimenu, Rosh Hashanah, Ata Echad, Vishimcha Echad. Says the Balatanya, what's the connection? You're one, your name is one, and who is like your nation, Israel, which is Goy Echad Ba'aretz. Literally, it means a unique nation on earth. He says, no. Goy Echad Ba'aretz, Shagam Eretz, Echad This is a Goy, a nation that's dedicated to reveal the Echad in the Eretz. That's what Shabbos says. I don't want to be Maitzim, Rishus, Rishus. Everything becomes a Rishus Hayachit. So therefore, it's, it's expressed practically in Hilcha Shabbos. You have a Rishus HaYachit, you have a Rishus HaRabbim. Two different realities. And on Shabbos, you don't bring in from a Rishus HaRabbim into a Rishus HaYachit. You don't take out from a Rishus HaYachit into a Rishus HaRabbim. The two Rishuyas do not meet in terms of carrying one thing. And in a Rishus HaRabbim, I can't move around things. I can't be Maivir Arba Amis Rishus HaRabbim from Arba Amis to Arba Amis Rishus HaRabbim because this is a place of the public. In Rishus HaYachit, it's all unified. You can move around things as long as much as you want. You can walk around your house all day or another Rishus HaYachit, you can walk around all day. Then there are the intermediary Rishuyas. Which is the greatest topic of Masechet Eidavin? How does Masechet Eidavin begin? What's the concept we have here? The concept that we're introduced to right in the beginning of Eidavin: Shetufe Mevoyes and Eruvi Chatzeres. Briefly, what is this? You have a Chatzer. 
A chatzor is a courtyard that's used by many people. Say a lot of houses go out to a courtyard and everybody plays ball there and they have barbecues there and they sit in shmuas there. So halachically, biblically, it's a It has four walls, it's a private domain, it's owned by all the house owners, so it's owned, let's say, by 50 families. It's a shared property, it's a shashayachet, you could carry. Came the Chachamim and said, it already goes back to the time of Shleim HaMelech has discussed the native in Dav Chafalev, and said there's a problem here. A chatzer technically is a Rishusayachet minatayra, but perceptively it's a Rishusayachet. It's a semi-Rishusayachet, because there's 50 families using it. It has the feeling of a public domain, even though it's a private domain. And therefore the Chachamim treated it like a public domain. They were also afraid that if we could, we'll carry from our house into the chatzer, people will come to carry from their house or from the chatzor into Rishus Rabbim because they're so similar. The chatzor has the feeling, the sense, the perception of a public domain because it's so public. A mavoy, an alleyway, is even more, has the perception of Rishus Rabbim even in a more intense way because many courtyards, which serve many homes, lead out to mavoyes, to alleys, which go out to the public domain. So even though the mavoy has three walls, so it's a at least according to most shittas. The Rambam has a shit that you need four walls. The fourth wall, a lechi, is enough. But Minatayra, most shit is three walls is enough. So therefore, you could carry in the Mavi. The Chacham said, it's too public. Everybody uses it. From all the courtyards, which serve all the houses, everybody's going into the Mavi, everybody's going into the alley. And therefore, they made a takana. You have to put a lechi or a kairi, you have to put a, uh, a horizontal or vertical beam at the entrance of the alley going to Shusarab, which makes it like having four walls. And you have to do what's called a ruve chatseris or shitufi mavoyas. What is this? What's this concept? The concept is everyone using the courtyard or everyone using the alleyway, all the courts using the alley or all the houses using the court, all have to unite. So we collect bread, we collect food from every household in this courtyard. We place it in one home. So that means everybody living and using this chatzar has their food in one home where they can all go to that home and eat. In other words, they have steak in that home. They have a place, food waiting for them in that home. So it's as though everybody is connected to one home, and therefore it's considered a unified chatzar, as though it was a courtyard for one family. If I have my own courtyard that my house goes into it, it's fine. It's not a problem. It's me and my family. The problem is another household, but when all of our food is in one house, it connects all of us together. That's the concept of Kuleruvi Chatzeris. An interesting story. The Lubavitcher Rebbe said this story when he made the Siyam on Erev, and a story about his father, whose yard site he did the Siyam on. His father's name was Rebbe Levi Yitzchak Shneris. He was chosen to be a Rav in a very big city in the Ukraine called Yekaterinoslav. After the Bolshevik Revolution, they changed the name to Dnepro Petrovsk, because Yekaterinoslav was no good name. It's named after Catherine the Great, and of course with the Bolshevik Revolution, the Tsars never existed. They could not exist, heaven forbid, so therefore all the names had to change. Petersburg, St. Peter, Peter, sorry, Peter the Great, had to become Leningrad, of course. And the same is true with many other cities in Russia, including Yekaterinoslav became, after 19, after the Bolshevik Revolution, it was changed to, was changed to Dnepro Petrovsk. Rebbe Levi Yitzhak Shneison was there until 1939 during the Stalin purges. He was arrested, tortured, sent into exile, passed away in exile in Kazakhstan in 1944. In order to get this position, he went to get smicha from different rabbis, including some of the greatest rabbonim from the Litvish Welt, the Lithuanian world, even though he was a Shneison. He was a Chabad Chassid, he was a grandson of the Tzemach Tzedek. But in order to be accepted in such a city, which had a demographics of all different types of Jews, he went to get smicha from the Ritz. So he went to Rebbe Chaim Briska. The Ga'ana Goynim Reb Chaim Halevi Soloveitchik, who was in Brisk in Lithuania. Reb Chaim passed away in 1918. He went to Lodge. You had the famous legendary Rebellio Chaim Meisel, the Lodger of. He went to him to get smicha. And the Rebbe said he went to a few other G'doyli Yisrael to get smicha. 
the custom then was, they didn't just test you on the material, they also tested you on common sense and experience. When Reb Levi Yitzhak Shneison went to Reb Chaim Brisker, it was Sukkot's time. Listen to the story, the Rebbe said this story, I guess he heard it from his father. It was Sukkot's. And Reb Chaim Brisker is sitting at home, wherever he was sitting, and Reb Levi Yitzhak Shneison, Lubavitcher Rebbe's father, is sitting by Reb Chaim. And suddenly, people come rushing in, a balagan, a crisis. What's the crisis? It's Sukkot's. It's Shabbos. The sukkah was built in the courtyard, and everybody was using the courtyard. So they had to carry their food from their homes into the sukkah, which was in the public courtyard used by everybody in the building. They forgot to make an Eruve Chatseris before Shabbos. Nobody can eat in the house because it's sukkahs. So they have to eat in the sukkah. But you're not allowed to carry. There was no Eruve Chatseris made before Shabbos. Vos Tutman, what do you do? Reb Chaim Briske turns to Reb Levi Yitzchak and he says, Paskin? No. What's the verdict? So Reb Levi Yitzchak, Reb Levik said, it's not a problem. The sukkah alein is ma'arev. The sukkah itself makes the Erev Chatseris. What's the idea of Erev Chatseris? You collect food from everybody's home and you put it in one of the homes so they all have food in one home and therefore they're all like living or connected to that one house and therefore the Chatser is considered one unified domain. That's all if they're not eating together. <laughs> if they're not eating together, so therefore the chutzr is semi-public, the homes are private, the chutzr is semi-public. How do you merge the two? So you have to have, everybody should have food in one house. When they're all eating together in the chutzr, the sukkah alayn is ma'arif. Chaim loved the answer, agreed with the answer, he got his smicha. A few years ago, a few years ago, I mean, years, years later, Reb Gavriel Tsiner from Borough Park, the author of Nite Gavriel, he was a Talmud of the Papirov. So the Nite Gavriel, I saw he wrote a letter, I heard this from him, he wrote a letter to the Lubavitcher Rebbe that he found a Me'iri, Rabbeinam and one of the Rishonim, I think Erev and Daf'ayin Gimel, the Me'iri says this. I think the Rebbe wrote back to him that in Russia they didn't have the Me'iri, his father never had the Me'iri. But it's interesting, he found the Me'iri in Erev and I think it's Daf'ayin Gimel, I have to look it up, the Me'iri, Rabbeinam Nachman Me'iri says this. So what's now? We understand this concept halachically. The same thing they do with a shetufim avoyas. What is the idea here? What is the idea? The idea is as follows. There's a rishus hayachid, private domain. Spiritually, yechidr shaloylam, achdos, einoid mulvat. There's a rishus harabim, place of multiplicity of fragmentation. But then you have these intermediary, intermediary spaces in life. In Yiddishkeit, we have three dimensions. We have those things that are an obligation to do. We have those things that are forbidden. And then we have those things that are voluntary. A piece of food that's kosher. I don't have to eat it. It's not forbidden to eat. There's a food that's treif. I can't go there. I cannot reveal one is there. There's food that's amachuy of teeth. Matzah on Pesach. Amachuy of teeth. That's where oneness of Hashem is manifested. But then there are those foods that are intermediary. They're called intermediary domains. Sometimes we say, Kadesh Atzmach Stay away. It's allowed to, but you don't need it. In other words, we're rejecting this rishus. We're turning it into a rishus or rabim. That's like a karmelis. That's like a chatzer. That's like a mavoi. We're saying it's not for you. Don't go there. Don't carry there. It's like a rishus or rabim. It's too similar to a rishus or rabim. Sometimes we say, You can take it and sublimate it and turn it into a rishus. Godliness can be revealed there. Money. Money is not, not a mitzvah to have a lot of money. It's not forbidden. These are the things, the intermediary properties. You could reveal God's oneness if you use it the right way. You have to create the unity there. You have to create the Eruvichat You have to create the Shetufi Mavoyas. 
because from the biblically it's a Rishus Hayachid. But in human perceptiveness, it's a semi Rishus Harabim. So the Chachamim said, treat it like a Rishus Harabim, and you need the Ediv in order to be able to use it on Shabbos and carry from Rishus Hayachid into the Chatz or into the Mavoy, because then it's not being Maitzim Rishus Hayachid, Rishus Harabim. It's being Maitzim Rishus Hayachid to Rishus Hayachid. On a deeper level, and I'm going to say this very briefly because we still have a lot of material to cover. That's the word Eiruv. What does Meseches Eiruvin mean? Eiruvin comes from the word mixing, Taruvis, to mix, like Hilchis Taruvis, mixtures. Or maybe a more accurate translation is merging. That's what Eiruv does. You merge. We merge the Chatzar. The Chatzar is a semi-Rushus Arabim, and we merge the Chatzar into a Rushus Ayachid, and we make it a completely private domain, and therefore I could take from my house, I could bring stuff to your house, and from my house I can bring to the courtyard, and from the courtyard I can bring to my house. It's like an extension of my house. On a spiritual level, that result tells us, Erev is made up of a few letters, Aleph, Yud, Reish, Vav, Vez. The first letter is Ayin, the last letter is Vez, that's 72. The middle letters are Yud, Reish, Vav, which is Yud, Reish, Vav, 216. Ayin, Bez, Ayin and Vez is the gematria of Chesed. Reish, Yud, Vav, 216 is the gematria of Gvurah. Ah, what's Erev? Erev, on the outskirts, you have Ayin, Beis, Shem, Av, which is Chesed. The Gematria of Chesed. Chesed is 8. Samach is 60, so that's 68. Plus Dalit is another 472. In the internal aspect of Erev, what do you have sandwiched between the Ayin and the Beis? You have Gvura. What makes the division of Chatzar? It's really a Rishus Hayachid, biblically. But there's Chesed and there's Gvura. And Erev, you have to connect Chesed and Gvura. An example would be marriage. When you have a husband and a wife in a home, it's a Rosh Hashayachid. And yet, they have different personalities. One is more chesed, one is more gvura, one is more introverted, one is more extroverted. One is more artistic, one is more business-like. One is more subtract, one is more technical and practical. One is living in the, in the heavens, one is living on the earth. One person is more shy, one person is less shy, one person is more abrasive, more blunt, one person is more sensitive, one person is more empathetic, less empathetic. One person believes in boundaries, and one person is more bohemian and uninhibited. You ever familiar with this? It creates conflict. Chesed Gvura. What's an Erev? An Erev is we have to bring the Chesed and Gvura together. We have to reveal the oneness of Hashem in the marriage. So this is not like a regular Rishus Arabim. A regular real Rishus Arabim is a real public domain. This is a semi Rishus Arabim. A Carmelist doesn't have the Allah of Rishus Arabim. A Carmelist is in the middle. It looks like a Rishus Arabim, like most of our streets, but it's not a Rishus Arabim in Atayra. The Chachamim treat it like a Rishus Arabim, but we can make an Erev there. People make Erevs all the time. What is Erev? And you make an Erev Chatzeris, you make a Shetufim Mavayis. What is Erev? Erev is transcending diversity. We live in a world of diversity. So there is a world of fragmentation, there's a world of diversity. The world of fragmentation is not for Shabbos. Shabbos is achtos. We're not moitzim rishos l'rishos. But there's a world of diversity. Min diversity is not rishos arabim. It's rishos ayochid. But it has the perception of rishos arabim. And it could cause conflict and contention because of human pettiness and small-mindedness. So the chazal, who are sensitive to the human condition that sees diversity as conflict, come and say, we have to make an eriv. We have to bring together chesed and gvura. Both are midos of Hashem. Hashem transcends midos. God is not chesed. God is not gvura. God is simple, undefined, transcendent unity that transcends and therefore encompasses chesed and gvura. We live in a world of diversity. I can't escape my personality completely. But I can make space for yours, you can make space for mine. I'm giving a metaphor of marriage as a semi-Rishus which the Chachamim say, now bring in an Erev. 
create peace. And the same is true, literally, with a quartet. This is what we do with different families. This is what we do with different communities. This is when a city, when you make build an aid of in the city, this is what it is. You turn the city into halachic rishasayachet through the lechis, the kaitas, the walls, but that's not enough. It's still like a, so you have a huge courtyard, but it's a big city, so you need an Eruv Katsarius in order to, in order to create oneness. This is the beginning of Masechus Erevin. What's the beginning of Masechta Erevin? The beginning of Masechta. The beginning of Masechta Shabbos is what? Yitzhiya Sashabbos. Shabbos is about not caring from Prashus HaYachet to Prashus Don't take the world out of a vision of Achdus and plunge it into the abyss of conflict, of dissidence, of separation. You want to align yourself with the Balabayas, Bifnim. Not with the place of addiction and yearning and destitution. What's Edevin? Edevin is the next step. Edevin is, there are things that are Rishus Hayachid bin Atayda, but it's a Mavui. Lamaila Master Mama, Yemayit. Lechi and Kaida has to be Asarat Fachim. What's the beginning of Meseches Erevin? How you make an Erev Chatseris and a Shittuf Mavoyas, which means you're expanding the consciousness and the limits and the perimeters of the Rishus Hayachid. That even a Chatser and a Mavoy, which have the appearance of a Rishus Harabim, also become a Rishus Hayachid liyichidir shaloylam, where the oneness of the Rebbeinu shaloylam pervades. That's the beginning of Erevin. Now come to the end of Maseches Erevin. What are the last words of Reb Shimon in the Mishnah? Kol makayim she'itiru l'chachachamim, mishalach nasnu lach. Take out the word kal. What is he talking about? He's talking about tchumen. What is tchumen? Tchumen is, let's remember, there's a border till which I am allowed to travel or walk on Shabbos. I can go to the end of my city and then I can go 2,000 amas in each direction and that's the tchum Shabbos, that's the border. There's something called a makam bayayim hashvi. The Chachamim gave us a special takana. Let's say I want to walk far on Shabbos, but I won't be able to. So before Shabbos, I can go and place food in a particular location to which I could walk on Shabbos. And it's considered as though I was there on Shabbos because I know I have a meal there. And therefore, I have a meal there. And therefore, I was there. And it's as though I was there Friday night. And then I, tomorrow, Shabbos, I can go to that space. And from there, I can go another 2,000 Amas. In other words, the Eir of Tchumen extends the territory where the Jews are allowed to walk on Shabbos. What is Rav Shimon telling us here? Even though you're outside of the Tchum Shabbos, so you can't go further, this is not your, you have a border. Nonetheless, I'm telling you that sometimes the Chachamim create a situation where they say, you can come into the Tchum Shabbos. We are extending, we're opening up the possibility for you to go deeper into Shabbos. In other words, the space of Shabbos expands into a larger territory, both in Erev Chatzeris, the beginning of Masechta, and in Erev Tchumen, in the concept of Tchumen, at the end of the Masechta, Mishalach Nos Nolach. However, when we go a step deeper, when we contemplate this one step deeper, the truth is that there are two different dimensions in Shabbos. One is expressed in the beginning of Erevin, one is expressed at the end of Masechta Erevin, and really they're not only different, but in some ways they're actually opposite, even though they both achieve the same goal. What is the concept of Shabbos, we said? The concept of Shabbos is that it's the role of the Jew to revolutionize the landscape of planet Earth and reveal the infinite oneness and harmony that pervades the entire cosmos, the entire universe, the entire planet, every cell, every atom, every nuance, every nook and cranny of existence, everything speaks and screams, Ein Oid Milvadai. That is the essence of Shabbos, to transform the world into a place that reveals the infinite oneness of Hashem. In this goal, 
in this ambition, to reveal the Bereshis Baru Lekimas Hashemayim Vesaretz, through the Kivoy Shavas Mikol Malachte Hashabara Lekim Lasas. There are two dimensions. One is the Isur Malacha, and one is the Isur Tchumen. The Isser Malacha is, I'm not allowed to plant on Shabbos. I'm not allowed to write on Shabbos. I'm not allowed to make a fire on Shabbos. I'm not allowed to carry on Shabbos. What is that called? It's called Chilul Shabbos. Chilul comes from the word Chola, which means making a hole, making a cavity, perforating the Shabbos. When somebody does a Malacha on Shabbos, what are they doing? The person is filled with the holiness of Shabbos. A Jew is connected to Shabbos. A Jew has the Kedusha of Shabbos that shines in his or her soul. And he violates that concept. He violates that reality. As we said before, every malach is I take the world out of the place of Rishus Hayachid and I bring it into a Rishus HaRabim. This is called Chilul Shabbos. You perforated Shabbos. It's like you perforated the lungs of Shabbos. You created a chalol, the libi chalol. You created a hole in Shabbos. That's malach on Shabbos. What is Tchumen? Tchumen, the Pasuk says, There's something called your space on Shabbos. Wherever I am Friday night when Shabbos begins, I'm koinashvisa. I acquire my Shabbos dika space. If I'm in my house, my house is my space, my village is my space, and outside 2,000 Amas are my space. But that's where my space ends, my border ends. Outside of that, I don't belong. And what if I do go out there? It's forbidden. I didn't do a malacha. It's not connected to a malacha. Isra Tchumen doesn't have to do with malacha. And this is a fascinating thing. If I walk out from my home to Rishus HaRabim on Shabbos without carrying, nothing wrong. You can do it a thousand times on Shabbos. You can walk from inside, outside, outside, inside. You can walk back and forth all day and all night. Nobody cares. I walked out to Rishus HaRabim. So what? You didn't carry anything. With Tchumen, it's not a malacha. I don't have to carry something outside of the Tchum Shabbos. No, nothing to do with that. Even if I don't carry anything. The fact that I walked out of the Tchum Shabbos, that is the issue of Tchum Shabbos. It's a very different type of issue. To put it in more spiritual, abstract terms, the issue of Malach of Shabbos is Metanish bring in the Klippe in Shabbos. The issue of Tchumen is Metanish bring in Shabbos in the Klippe. In the first case, I am violating the Shabbos. I am desecrating the Shabbos. I'm creating a hole of perforation in Shabbos. In the second case, what am I doing? I am taking Shabbos. A Jew manifests Shabbos. A Jew is Shabbos. Why? Because every Jewish soul is a chelik eleikami mal mamash. Every Jewish soul is a part of Hashem, is a fragment of God. Hashem rests on Shabbos. The Jewish soul is also Shabbos. You are Shabbos. Shabbos is you. Hashem rests on Shabbos. Your soul is resting on Shabbos. Your very being is a chelik eleikami mal. It's a reflection of Hashem. Hashem rests on Shabbos. You're resting on Shabbos. And that rest exists in a certain space. That space is conducive for the Gdusha of Shabbos. And when I go out of that space... When I leave that makam, whatever that makam is, everybody has their own makam. If Friday night when Shabbos comes, I'm in a forest, that's the space that I acquire for Shabbos. This is the space where I have to be on Shabbos. And when I go out of that space, that's a space where the holiness of Shabbos cannot be, cannot exist. It's a place where I don't belong. It's a violation of God's will. In a sense, that is taking Shabbos, taking the holiness of Shabbos manifested in the Jew, and taking it into a place where it does not belong, where it's desecrated, where it's violated. There is sacred space on Shabbos. You belong there. There is something that's called a space that does not belong to you. The Arizal calls it, Sidr Harizal, it's called Makim HaKlippus. On Shabbos, if I go out there, I take myself, which is the Kedusha of Shabbos, and I bring it to a space where I do not belong. And by the way, the Rebbe said with this, we have a very interesting answer to a big question. The question is raised by the Marsha 
in Ksuvas Dav Zayin, and Rush Vechidush Rebbe Kiveiger, Psachim Dav Tzadig Gimel. Rebbe Kiveiger concludes with a Tzorichiyun, a question without an answer. The Marsha says, V'yesh Liashev, he has an answer, he doesn't tell us what the answer is. And this is a serious struggle. We all know Eim ben Yamtiv l'Shabbos al-Oichel nefesh b'lvada Mishnah and Beitzah. On Shabbos, all the thirty-nine malachas are forbidden. Yamtiv as well. Besides, when it comes to preparing food, so for example, cooking on Yamtiv, you're allowed. Why? The Torah says in Parshas Boy, Acha sheyasa l'Oichel nefesh, a malacha that's for Oichel nefesh to prepare food to eat on Yamtiv, you're allowed to do it on Yamtiv. Shabbos not Yamtiv, yes. And this is a fascinating thing, even though cooking is mamish forbidden on Shabbos, biblically, on Yom Tif, I'm allowed to cook. Why am I, if it's not Shabbos, of course, why am I allowed to cook? Because the Torah says, for Eichel Nefesh, you're allowed to do Malacha on Yom Tif. What happens if I have food on Yom Tif? You know where the food is? The food is one ama outside of my tchum. One ama outside of my tchum. Am I allowed to go get it? The Allah is no. When it comes to tchumin, it's not suspended. Wow, it's Yom Tif. So Sunday afternoon, it's Yom Tif. I want to go get the meal. I could cook. I could cook. No problem. I don't understand. Bishul is an Isra Minatayra on Shabbos. But on Yom Tif, you could do it. Tchumen is an Isra de Rabbonah. Certainly, Alpayim Amah. Yud Beiz Mil is a Machleik is Minatayra. Ramam says Yud Beiz Mil is Minatayra. But Alpayim Amah, the Ramam says Mid Rabbonah. In Hilcha Shabbos, Perik, Chav Zayin. There's three, there's three different shittas about Tchumen. But Alpayim Amah, according to most opinions, is Mid Rabbonah. So that doesn't override Yom Tif. Cooking? Yom Tif overrides the prohibition of cooking. I need food. I'm not to do other malachas on Shabbos. I can't build on Yom Tif. I can't write on Yom Tif. But I could cook on Yom Tif. There's food waiting for me. I can't go out outside of the 2,000 amas. I want to go one amas, five amas. Get the food. You're not allowed to. <laughs> You're not allowed to. But Kiva says, explain this to me. Mashal says, explain this to me. So shoot Marcheshes, the Marcheshes. Tamudayoir, you already have it, I think, in Shutcham Soifer also. See the big difference. Tchumen is not a malacha. Tchumen is not a malacha. If tchum, the Torah says a malacha is mutafaychal nefesh. If tchumen was a malacha, it would be mutar on yamtif. Tchumen is not a malacha. Tchumen is the opposite of a malacha. A malacha means you're cooking, you're allowed to do it on yamtif, oichal nefesh. Not only that, you're to carry on Yom Tif. Why? Because Hillel says, Eichel Nefesh, you could carry. You carry food on Yom Tif. You carry your Siddur on Yom Tif too. You could carry your keys on Yom Tif too. If you need it for the day. Tchumen is not a malacha. The Torah was matter malacha on Yom Tif. Tchumen, I'm not doing a malacha. I'm walking out myself. I'm not carrying anything. I'm not doing any of the 39 malachas. I'm walking out of the space. This was not mutter on Yom Tif. This was not mutter on Yom Tif. The Torah was matter malacha, not Tchumen. What's the explanation? The explanation is it's two completely different genres. The concept of malacha is not to bring in klippa into Shabbos. Not to create a hole in Shabbos. Not to violate the Shabbos. Not to allow something to destroy the internal sacred space and holiness of Shabbos. The Isra of Tchumen is a different Isra. The Isra of Tchumen is I'm taking the Kedusha of Shabbos and I'm going into a place where the Kedusha does not belong. It can't belong there. It, it cannot thrive there. It cannot be there. This is not your space. You don't belong in that space. I'm taking out the Kedusha to a space where the Kedusha does not belong on Shabbos. That's the concept of Tchumen. And this is two general themes that pervade the very powerful overarching theme of Shabbos. Number one is Isra Malacha on Shabbos, for example, not to carry from Rishos HaYachet to Rishos HaMashos to Rishos HaYachet or not to do any of the other 38 Malachas. What is that? Don't allow any act to destroy, to obstruct, to interfere with the unity of Shabbos, with the Achdus of Shabbos, with the Enoid Mulvadoy of Shabbos. That's the beginning of Mesechta Erevin. Erev Chatzeri Shetufim Avayas. The end of the Mesechta is 
Makim sheitir lechacham mishalach nasnulach. This is the concept of tchumen. What's the concept of tchumen? Don't go out of the border of Shabbos. And if you go out of the border of Shabbos, can you go back in? Very problematic. And if you didn't make it to the border of Shabbos, can you go into the city? It's problematic. Can you or can't you not? This is the second theme of Shabbos. The first theme of Shabbos is not to allow anything to destroy the achdos of Shabbos, the Rishus HaYachid of Shabbos, the Bimotzi from Rishus HaYachid to Rishus HaRabim. The second theme of Shabbos is not to take the achdos, the kedusha, to a place where it's going to be contaminated, to a place that you don't belong. Sometimes you have a situation where somebody penetrates your internal life and destroys your harmony. Sometimes nobody came in to destroy, but I myself don't recognize my borders. I don't recognize the sacredness of my space. I don't recognize that there are spaces where I belong and there are spaces where I, if I am holy, if I am divine, if I am a conduit for Kedusha's Shabbos, for the Kedusha of Hashem, there's a certain space that's not ready for it. It's not conducive for it. I cannot be there. I am Shabbos. I cannot go out there. A Jew is Shabbos. Shabbos is shining in your soul. The Isra of Malacha is not to allow anything to destroy your Shabbos, not to allow something something to come in that will interfere with your core spiritual divine identity. The concept of Tchumen is recognizing the spaces where I can be in and the spaces where I cannot be in. And this is very important in life. How far I can go. What's called my Makam. Where is a space where I can be there? And what do I mean by me? My Chelek Alekam I don't mean my ego, my insecurities. What's a space where I can be in and I can thrive, I can serve as a conduit for God? This space is outside. It's not for you. It's outside of your Kedusha. That's the concept of Tchumen. And that's the two interpretations in the Pasuk. According to some, like the Rambam is, you shouldn't go out of your space. Shabbos, you need a space. The rest of the week, I don't care where you go. The rest of the week, we live in a world where boundaries are blurred. Shabbos, we live in a world where we focus completely on Achdus Hashem. So you have to know, this is your space. Of course, from Shabbos, we glean inspiration for the rest of the week. But Shabbos is a day that's dedicated to transcendence, to living in oneness. This is your space. Don't let anything come in to destroy this space, but don't leave this space where you will not be able to live Shabbos. Al Yitzi Ishmim Kaimabayamashvi is one interpretation. Then there's the Ramban's interpretation. Al Yitzi Ishmim Kaimabayamashvi. According to the other Shittas, Tchum Shabbos is completely rabbinic. So it's not Al Yitzi, it's Al Yitzi. Don't take anything out from your space on the seventh day. That's a different. That's the concept of Melachas Shabbos. That's the concept of Yitzias Shabbos. That's the concept of Eruv Chatzeris. That's the concept of Shittuf Mavoyes. Don't carry on Shabbos. Don't take something out on Shabbos. That's Melacha that is interfering with the Rishus Hayochid of Shabbos. Two different genres of Shabbos. Comes Reb Shimon. And Reb Shimon tells us, let's say, Let's say you went out of your Tchum Shabbos. You went out of your Tchum Shabbos within 15 Amas. Or you never made it into the Tchum Shabbos. You were coming from the other direction. And you never made it into your Tchum Shabbos. You made it within 15 Amas. Comes Reb Shimon and says, Tanakama says, stay there. You went out, stay there. Even though you're in within 15 Amas. If you arrived... You could stay there, you can go 2,000 amas, but you can't get into the city. Reb Shimon says, no. You can go, you came out, you can go back into your Tchum Shabbos, because it's within 15 amas. What's the machloikas here? What's the machloikas? Let's remember what we discussed in Shir number one. The machloikas is as follows. If I go back into my space to Mekoimoy, I left the Tchum Shabbos, right? Remember, I left the Tchum Shabbos, 
Okay. Now, I should say in parentheses, I know some of you are thinking Rabbeinu Yoinesen says that what? Rabbi doesn't argue in that case. If you left, Rabbi also says you can't go back. But the Yerushalmi clearly says that Rabbi Shimon is talking about both cases. Whether you left the city, Rabbi Shimon says you can still go back. And certainly, if you never arrived, Misha Hechshish, you could for sure, for sure go in. I know the shit of Rabbeinu Yoinesen, but Yerushalmi says it applies to both. Applies to both. And by the way, it could be Rabbeinu Yoinesen didn't even see the Yerushalmi. It's a separate discussion. He discusses it there in the Kutisichas, but it's not for now. Comes Rib Shimon and says, let's understand this. Rib Shimon says, you're not allowed to go out of the Tchum, even within 15, you're not allowed to go out of the Tchum. Yeah. Especially Rabbi Yonison holds that if you did, you can't come back. <laughs> so you're for sure not allowed, right? And if you did, Rabbi Yonison only says, Rabbi Shimon says, if you're coming to the city, you didn't do anything wrong, you didn't make it, if it's within 15, you can go in. But to go out of the Tchum, even Rabbi Shimon says you're not allowed. So really, taking him back in there, taking him back in there is a problem. It's a problem. You're taking him outside of the Tchum Shabbos, even if it's only a Suffolk, because it may be within the Tchum. Till 50 numbers, you may be within the Tchum, but you also may not be within the Tchum. So it's a problem. So if you go into your space, back to your Makkim, you're doing somewhat of an Isser. You're doing an Isser, at least it's a Suffolk. You're violating the Isser of Tchum. On the other hand, what's the option? The option is stay where you are. Staying where you are, if you left the Tchum Shabbos, every moment you're there, the Kedusha is outside of its space. Every moment of Shabbos, you're in a place that's not, it's not for you. The Kedusha can't be there. It's not a space for you. You know when you're in the wrong space? You don't know your boundaries? You know you try to go everywhere and you don't belong there? Every moment it's a problem. In other words, the Isser of leaving the Tchum is not just the act of going out of the Tchum, it's the result of being outside of your Makkim. That's the Vart. So there's two separate issues. One issue we discussed last night, more halachic, is Einik Shabbos. The Beis Yosef, the Prish, explaining Shin Tzadik, hey, the concept of Einik Shabbos, that's why Erev Chatseris is a gewaldic thing. When you're outside of the city, it's not Einik Shabbos. So it's a problem being there. And there's an Inyan to go in. Besides that issue of Einik Shabbos, every moment you're outside of your Tchum, you left the Tchum, you went out of Mekayma, you're not in a good place. You're in a place of Klippa. You brought your Kedush into Klippa. So here's the question. Do you stay there? At least you're not doing anything. You're maintaining the old problem of leaving the Tchum or being outside of the Tchum or being deprived of Einik Shabbos, but you're not creating a new Isser. Or you just go back in. And even though by going back in, you create a new Isser, but at least the extended length of being outside of the Tchum is gone. Which mission does this belong in? Sheretz, exactly the same question. Do I immediately get rid of the Sheretz? I don't want Tumah. I don't want Tumah. I'm going to get more Tumah. My Gaitl is going to get Tumah. My guy, okay. But at least, oh, your Gaitl will get Tumah. We'll have to get rid of your Gaitl. You'll put it in the Mikveh. But at least there's no Tumah. Or we say, no, 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 no. no. Don't add more Tumah. Don't let the Tumah grow. Let the Tumah remain longer in the base of Mikdash until we find wooden tongues. What's greater? It's exactly the same question. If I go in back to the Tchum, I left the Tchum, and I go back in, even if it's a Suffolk, but it may be that I'm violating the Tchum. Sir Shimon says, you're violating it once. You're going into a place where you're not supposed to. You're being marbunit, you're creating a new Isser. But you know what? At least we get rid of the Tumah. At least you're not outside for 24 hours in a place where there's no Einik Shabbos. If you came, Misha Hechshech and Misha Yotza, in a place that you went into the Klippah.
So you're being marbetumah. You're being, you're making a new iser, but you're not being mashatum. You're not staying 24 hours in a place that you don't belong. You're, t- you're running away from that place, doing the wrong thing. You're not supposed to, re- you're not supposed to go into this space, but at least, Potter, now you're back into a sacred space. Ah, <laughs> you weren't supposed to. Once you're in this space, it's a different avoid. You can't bring it back because you're bringing back the clipper. But what you did at Shine, always say, no, 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 no. Better to be passive and not to do anything. So Taki, you're there, but now you're not doing anything. You're just there. You're not going to avoid Shabbos rather than actively doing a new Isser. And that's like leaving the tomb in the Besamiktash until we find wooden tongues. Even though the tomb is extended and prolonged, but nonetheless, it's not increased. You don't create a new Isser. Mamre's the same question. Comes Rav Shimon and says, Mishalach Nosnulach. Because it's a Suffolk. Because it may be the Tchum, it may not be the Tchum. I say, better to do this, to be marba the Tumah than to be masha the Tumah. Go back into the Tchum. It comes to the Nim and the Beis Hamikdash, the Kinner, same question. A bow or a knot, you remember? One knot will keep it permanent. I'm chaya. A whole Shabbos will be safe. Wonderful. But there's a problem. It can bring me to a Suffolk. It can bring me to a Dairaisa. It's a Suffolk. I'm not sure it's going to bring me to a Dairaisa, but it could. Or a bow, but a bow you're going to have to maybe do again and again and again and again. Which one trumps? Should I say, just do the not once, even though you're creating a big Isur, or a Suffolk big Isur. Could it be a Suffolk Dairaisa? Just do that. And you know what? You'll get it over with. I'm a chaya. I'm a chaya. Because quantity is powerful. The fact that you're going to be outside a whole Shabbos is a big thing. The fact that you're going to have to do a bow and a bow and a bow and a bow is a big thing. Quantity trumps quality. You say no. Quality trumps quantity. And this is where Rabbi Shimon changed his position. By Tchumen, quantity trumped quality. What do I mean? He says, go back in. Even though you're doing an Isur and a new Isur. Don't be... You're being marbetumah. Don't be mashatumah. Don't be, be marbetumah. Don't be mashatumah by nimenat. I'm contradicting myself. Oigewalt, sheretz, tchumen. And suddenly by the kinner, it's all good. It all changes. Shleitir l'chalem shumshvus. Don't compare. In tchumen, in sheretz, it's all the same genre. Here, you want me to do a doiraisa to avoid a dirabon on that I can't do. It's a Suffolk Dairaisa. Here for sure the Eichis trumps the Kamas. For sure. And therefore do the bow and you'll do the bow again and again and again. That's what, you'll be, that's what Shimon is saying. If so, we have clear that the last mission is all jointed. The themes are connected. The beginning of the Mishnah Sheretz. The end of the Mishnah Yeruv Tchumen. The end of the Mishnah Shvus. It's all one theme. It's a question of Kamas versus Eichis. Which one trumps? And Yub Shimon has to bring the two together. Why? It's not from chapter 4, chapter 10, because he's contradicting himself in Kamas and Eichus. Of course he has to bring together, he has to justify himself. And it also explains why he has to say two different stanzas. The first case he's talking about Mishalach, Nosnulach, about Chumen. In the second case he's saying a new word, by Nime. Toysva says it's exactly the same thing, but of course we see now that he's also adding a whole new depth, that the Nime is different than the Chumen. And therefore here, Kamos trumped Eichus, and here by Kinner, Eichus trumps Kamos. Now, let's come to the next step. If so, we understand why this is the summary of Masech if the Tachlis of Shabbos and Erevin, and remember, Erevin is the essence of Shabbos, 
the essence of Shabbos, of making sure we don't take out from a Rishus HaYochim to Rishus HaYam, which is the essence of Shabbos. If the purpose is Erevin, the purpose is merging, the purpose is creating a Rishus HaYochid Yechidah Yishalaylam, comes Rabbi, 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 Rabbi Shimon, and he says these unique words, Mokim Sheitir Lechachachamim Mishalach Nos Nulach. Ask many Mepharshim, why such a strange expression? You really want to say, they're just allowing you to do something that's rabbinically problematic, not biblical. Taisva says that. They're really letting you do something that is essentially permissible. So say, hey mamru hey mamru, hey mastru hey mitiru. These are common phrases in Shas. Makim shetiru lechachamim is because it's asam adirabana, mishum shvuz, which he says right afterwards. Why this rare, unique expression? Makim shetiru lechachamim mishalach nasnulach. Did you think about this question when you learned the Gemara? It's poetic, right? But you hear that there's something more. Come on, just say what you want to say. Say, You know why? Because it's not a real tchum. <laughs> it's not a minatayda, and even with the Rabbanan, it's not mamish a real tchum. We're not sure. They make mistakes when they do the tchum. Because it's not a real tchum. Or because it's a suffix, the Rabbanan. Say, It's a suffix, the Rabbanan. Hold tchum Shabbos, is the Rabbanan. At least according to many, many shittas. And Bemela, according to many shittas, or all shittas, but Alpayim Amas did Abonam. And Bemela did Abonam. And it's a Suffolk did Abonam. So they're Mekel. That's not what he says. He says a whole different word. And Tais Vestaka says he's saying the same thing in both statements. So why does he say it so differently? And this is the end of Masech in the last words of the Mishnah. How many times does he wear the word Mishalach? Do you see what's happening here? Reb Shimon is focusing on one word, Lach. Reb Shimon is telling us here the essence of Erevin. <laughs> the Rebbe said he's not, he's giving you the essence of Masechta Erevin. Because when you come to the end of a Masechta, we know it's a big Simcha. Oisin Simcha Ligmarishal Torah. Why? So most people say it's a milestone. You learn through 105, 104 Blad Gemara, it's time to celebrate. You finished. That's the simple reason. There's something much deeper that Rebbe said. It's not just you finish the Masechta. It's much deeper than that. Now you can understand the Masechet. When, As long as you didn't finish the Masechet, you didn't even learn the first blot. And he gave an example. Take the word Baruch. Bez, Rej, Vav, Chaf. Each letter is self-contained and each letter has a shape, a meaning, a number, an aspect. But when you bring together the four letters, there's a whole new synergy from the Beis, Reish, Vav, Chav together. What if you take Baruch, Sha'amar, Vahaya, Ha'olam? Each word in and of itself is rich with meaning. It's pregnant with powerful ideas. Baruch, Sha'amar, Vahaya, Ha'olam. He spent a long time explaining what each word is saying on its own. But it's for a different shi. You bring together Baruch, Sha'amar, Vahaya, Ha'olam. Ah, Agan Sevelt opens up what these four words explain, which he discussed at length in the Hadrin. But again, it's for a different shi, Beis, Reish, Hashem, Bli, Every 
every daf gemara in a mesechta is gewaldic. Every page is gewaldic. But when you bring the whole mesechta together from beginning to end, it's taking four distinct letters and bringing them together, it creates a word. There's a whole new energy. It's called oira oila al-kolana. The sum total is much larger than just individual forces being brought together. It's the synergetic, it's the synergy that's created from individuals coming together. It's not just you have more letters. You have a whole new light, baruch, that you couldn't have in the base generation of Ovin the Chaf individually. Each of them is just a fragment of this light. That's what happens at the Siyum. At the Siyum of a Masechta, the whole Masechta is redefined. From Daf Beis, Gimel, Dalet, Hei, Vav, Zayin, Ches, Tes, Yud, etc., etc., Kuf, Hei. It's not 105 blah. It's Masechta Eidavin. Of course, this is addressing a certain type of learning and a certain type of person who's learning. Just get, we'll make that clear. The Rebbe was finishing Masechta Eidavin. This is how he began the Fabrengen. He began the Fabrengen with this introduction, what a Siyum is. Right, of course, somebody who by the time they reached Dav Gimel, they forgot Dav Beis. By the time they reached Dav Chav, they forgot Til Dav Yutes. And it's even hard for them to remember one thought. Okay, so they need Chazorah many times. But the concept you understand. So Reb Shimon at the end of a Masechta is not just saying of art. He's capturing the essence of Masechta Yerevin. And what is Reb Shimon saying? Mishalach Nosnu Lach. You know why you're allowed to come into the Tchum Shabbos? If you left, you're allowed to come back into the Tchum Shabbos. Or if you never arrived in the Tchum, Mishahech when, when Shabbos came, you ended up stuck before the Tchum Shabbos. You know why you're allowed to go in? Because Mishalach Nostalach. Because you really are in the Tchum Shabbos. Either you never left it because you're within 15 Amas from the border, or you already came into it because you're within 15 Amas from the border, so you already came into Tchum Shabbos. In other words, Reb Shimon is saying, we are explaining what's Tchum Shabbos. You can't go out of the space where your Kedusha dwells. This is the space where you could live and your holiness can live. Do not leave this boundary. There's something called your sacred space, and another space is a space that's going to violate you. You are taking your holiness and you're allowing it to be violated when you trespass these boundaries. This is not a space for a Jew on Shabbos. That's the Isra. It's not a malacha. It's an Isra. Yitzel Yitzishim Kamebe Mashvi says Reb Shimon, that's all if it's not your space. But this is Mishalach Masnulach. It's your space. It's your space. So the Chachamim say, we're letting you go into your space. Then he adds one more thing. Now he's shifting from Tchumen into tying knots. This is one of the malachas. This is one of the 39 malachas, which includes carrying, which is the beginning of the Masechta. So Reb Shimon is talking about the two aspects of Shabbos. One is you now let it go out of your sacred space, which is going to violate you. And one is you now let it do a malacha that's being mechal Shabbos. So in the first situation, he says, but you're allowed to go into your own space because this is your space. In the second situation, he says, you know I am allowing you to make a bow on Shabbos? Because it's a shvus. In other words, it's not a malach. If aniva, if making a blow would have been a malachim in atayda, we would never allow it. But since it's not a malachim in atayda, it's only malachim in rabbanon. So it's the same concept of mishalach nasnulach. It's the same concept of eruv chatzeris. Why are you allowed to make an eruv chatzeris? If it's a rishus it's a rishus Because it's not a rishus rabbim. Mishalach nasnulach. It's really a rishus hayachid biblically. Rabbinically, it's a rishus Semi. So we make an eruv chatzeris. Aniva, a bow. Biblically, it's fine. Rabbinically, it's a problem. So on the Beis HaMikdash, I'm allowing it. In other words, Mishalach Nosnulach, Reb Shimon is talking about the aspect of Tchumen, which is taking the Gdusha of Shabbos into a space that's 
not conducive for the Kedusha of Shabbos. He's now moving to the Malachas of Shabbos, which is bringing in from the Klippa into Shabbos to violate Shabbos. And in both cases, he's explaining that in these situations, it's not a problem because you're not desecrating the Kedusha of Shabbos because it's really a place of Achdus. It's just the rabbis made certain prohibitions and in certain situations, they allowed you, therefore, to either make a bow on Shabbos or to go into the Tchum Shabbos. Now we understand, of course, why it's two separate components. One is talking about Mishalach Nasnulach is the concept of Tchum. One is Leitir Lechalem Shemshvus is the concept of Malacha. It's two completely different concepts on Shabbos. We also understand the order. He starts off Mishalach Nasnulach, and then he starts off and he finishes with Shvus. Said the Rebbe, the Seder is, seems off. Why? What was the last mission that he just spoke about on Kuv Beis? Nima. So what should he say first on the Kuv Dalet? He should speak about Shavuz. Amar Reb Shimon. What should Reb Shimon Aymer? Lo yitiru, makim shitiru l'chacham, lo yitiru l'chalom, mishum Shavuz. Mishum Shalach, mishalach, nasnalach. First speak about the Kinner, which you just finished off on the Kuv Beis, and then go back to the Nun Beis, which is Tchumen. Why does he change the order? He said, because if he would have done Tchumen at the end, then the end of the Mesech, the beginning of the Mesech, there wouldn't be one. And we have a clown note, Seifun B'tchilasan, Maskifun Aschalalah Shlomah. The reason it's even called Mesech, right? It says in Seifi Yebrach, it's like a loom. You go from the end back to the beginning. You always go back to the beginning. So the end and the beginning is always connected. If he would have finished Mishalach Nasnulak, the beginning of the Mesech, the end wouldn't be connected. The beginning is talking about Malach, it's not talking about Tchumen. The beginning is talking about Mavishu Gavaya, which is the concept of Erev Chatzes, which is the concept of which is a shvus. He wants the beginning of the Masechta, the end of the Masechta should be one and interconnected and integrated. So therefore, he finishes the Masechta with the words, What's the Nekud in both statements of Reb Shimon? That the Jewish person was charged with the ability to turn the world into a Rishus Hayachet. To be able to reveal and live with harmony and not with dissonance. In other words, that you can create a Rishus Hayachet in your environment, in your home, in your space by living Shabbos and not doing the Malacha of Shabbos, and by remaining in the space of Shabbos. Which brings us now to the big question, maybe the biggest question. And that is, life is so complicated. Life is often tragic and sad and painful and difficult. We have trauma. Some of us have been abused. Some of us endured pain and endure pain. The world is filled with doubt and confusion and uncertainty. There is so much toxicity inside of me and outside of me. Do you really believe that this is feasible, that this is a goal that can be reached. Isn't all of this fantasy, nice, poetic, romantic, abstract fantasy? At the end of Masech Shabbos and Masech Te'erevin, Reb Shimon, the master of Pnimi Yisatayr, the author of Sefer Azoya, which means light, the one about whom the Gemara says, Kedai Reb Shimon, Lismachalav Bashar Satchak. Reb Shimon, you could lean on in a moment of stress and anxiety and difficulty. Comes Reb Shimon and has to address a big question. Is all of this even feasible? Is all of this even practical? The whole Masechta Shabbos and the whole Masechta Erevin is ultimately about sacred space. The whole Erevin is about borders and boundaries and space. Whether it's the boundaries of Eruvi Chatzeris, of Shetufi Mavoyas, of Rishus Rabbim, of Rishus HaYachid, of Carmelis, or the boundaries of Eruvi Tchumen. But it's all that concept. There's a space where you belong in. There's a space that you don't belong in. How do you measure that space? All the concepts with the ropes and the kadrim baharim and chamishimamma and how many times you do it. And if there's a city and if there's a village and if there's a house here and there's a mountain here and it's a triangle and it's a square and it's a rectangular. And what if there's a valley and what if there's a mountain? What is all that? What, what is all this? It's all a question about identity. Boundaries of identity. What are the boundaries? How far can I push the boundaries of my identity without losing it? That's Mesech 
Mesechta Erevin is the Mesechta that's dedicated to boundaries and space. Where do I begin and where do I end? And how much can I push the boundaries of my identity? On one hand, I want to expand. On one hand, I want to affect the world. On one hand, I want the world to enrich me, and conversely. But I don't want to step out of the space of oneness. What are the limitations? That's the question. And on both levels, bringing outside of Shabbos into Shabbos and violating it, and bringing Shabbos to the outside and violating it and tarnishing it. And all of Erevin, especially Abshimin and Erevin, is an intricate, limitless conversation, meditation, discussion, debates and disputes about the borders, not just of physical space, but of spiritual space, existential space. And every halacha is another reflection on the borders of identity, on the borders of existential oneness. Because of that delicate interplay in Judaism, between infinite expansiveness and structure and limitation. The ability to appreciate that real infinity can be incorporated in our world only within a world of boundaries. One of the most difficult concepts for real spiritual people to understand, for real bohemians to understand. Consistency, perseverance, is the soil upon which creativity can grow. Discipline and structure allows for the human being to become a conduit for infinity in a physical and defined world. Yes, in God's world there is oneness. From one became many, so that we make from many one. But how do we make from many one? And can everything be one? Or are there things that can be incorporated and things that have to be rejected? Great question. This is the focus of Shabbos and the focus of Erevin. Comes Reb Shimon at the end of Erevin and is troubled by this question. Isn't this audacious? Isn't this fantasy? Isn't this too big for me? And Reb Shimon says these words, I want to tell you something. It's The world that was given to you belongs to you. We did not give you a world that belongs to somebody else. We gave you a world that belongs to you. Bereishis barulikim asashmayim vesaret, say Chazal and Rashi quotes it, what's Bereishis? Beis Reishis. Bishvil hatayra u bishvil Yisrael shenikru Reishis. The purpose of the cosmos is interwoven into the very fabric of reality. Truth is not superimposed on reality. Love is not superimposed on reality. Spiritual, emotional well-being and harmony is not imposed on reality. This is not the romantic fantasy of some person of faith who wants to be a hopeless optimist. Purposefulness is integrated into the very fabric of existence. That's what Einoid Mulvade means. You know why you can accomplish in the world whatever you need to and whatever you put your mind to? Because it's your world. The world senses its purpose. Its purpose was to be transformed into a conduit for divine infinity. Nisava Kadesh Baruch says the Medrash Rabbah Tanchuma Parshas Nasai and Medrash Rabbah Parshas Nasai Parshiyudalad and Tanchuma Nasai Lamedvav. Hashem wanted a dira, a home, a dwelling place in our physical world. Our world, our bodies should become conduits for divine truth. Mishalach Nasnulach. They have given you your world. When the Chachamim are telling you about all these spaces that you can incorporate in your Tchum Shabbos, all these spaces that are conducive for your holiness, and all of these realities that you can incorporate in Shabbos to create a larger Rosh Hashayachid, it's Mishalach Masnulach. 
They gave you your world, Mishalach Masnulach. They're giving you yours. This is yours. It's yours for the take. Don't be apologetic. Don't be spineless. Don't be afraid of your trauma. Don't be afraid of your depression. You were created to be successful. You were created to be happy. You were created to change the world. You were created to light up the world with your grace, beauty, resilience, faith, hope, authenticity, wisdom, and infinite divine power. It's yours for the taking. It's yours. It belongs to you. You weren't created to be miserable. You weren't created to be apologetic. You weren't created to be spineless. You weren't created to be a loser. You weren't created to be a nebach case. You weren't created to see yourself as a helpless victim trying to heal from your trauma. You weren't created as a traumatized victim. You're a You're going through challenges only to flex your muscles to bring out your deepest light. This is your world. This is your world. It's your life. Grab it. Seize the moment. Embrace it with both arms. Take on your day. Take on your life with courage, with passion, with gusto, with oomph. It's yours for the grab. Grab it. What does the Gemara say in Erevin? This world is a wedding. Grab and eat, grab and drink. The Gemara is not saying to go to the Shmogas board and start grabbing your food. What the Gemara is saying is, Take a hold of your life with courage. Don't be inhibited. Don't be spineless. Don't let fear dictate your choices. The world is waiting for you. The world wants you. It yearns for you to place your mouth on the mouth of the cosmos and declare together, Sometimes we say Kaddish Atzmach Abamutalach. Sometimes we say Bechol Rechecha Da'ehu. As the Gemara says, a brachas hafidul advaraveiru, which the Mefarshim of Shas struggle with, but we can understand it based on our shir. And that's the deeper meaning that Yerushalmi says in Erevin. Why did a Chachama make all these Erevin? Eruvi Chatseris, Shitufi Mevoyes. Why? Why did they do it? And the answer is Lasis Shalom Ben Hashchenim. To make peace between families, between neighbors, between homes. I can eat by you, you can eat by me. We can socialize, we can connect, we can schmooze, we can take a walk together. It's not so precious, some in the house, we can visit family, we can, etc. It makes peace, it creates a sense of community, of oneness, of camaraderie. The Rebbe said there's also a deeper level. Chazal tell us, based on Apostle and Mishle, who is the ultimate neighbor, Shachin, Zahakadish Baruch Lasas Shalom Ben Ashchenim. The point of the Eriv is to make ultimate peace between we, us and our neighbor our divine neighbor, in other words, to reveal the oneness of the world. Lasas shalom ba'olam, the Rambam says, kol nitna lasas shalom ba'olam. And that's why Ne'er Shabbos is doich and Ne'er Chanukah. Ne'er Chanukah is a celebration of military victory. Ne'er Shabbos is Ne'er of shalom ba'is. Rambam end of Hilchas Chanukah based on the Gemara and Shabbos, Bamem Adlikin, kol nitna lasas shalom ba'olam. And therefore, if you have only one candle, Shabbos or Chanukah, Shabbos gets it. Shabbos is part of Torah. The whole Torah was given to create peace in the world. And especially it's emphasized by Nehra Shabbos. What does it mean Torah was given to create peace in the world? The first peace it creates is within the human being, between our various forces, to be able to make peace, to be able to create space for every part of ourselves. I don't have to amputate anything because it's part of Rosh Hashayachet. You don't have to get rid of anything if it's Rosh Hashayachid. Rosh Hashayachid splits me. Rosh Hashayachid unifies me. Kol HaTorin within me and between me and the people around me and between me and the world and between God and the world. Lasas Shalom Ba'olam between the spirituality and the physicality. That is the purpose of Erevin. And yet, the last Mishnah says, you worked through Shabbos and you worked through Erevin. And suddenly, Sheret Shenim Suddenly there's an impurity that shows up in your base HaMikdash. 
It didn't come from you. You worked on yourself so hard. But the Rebbe said, Ki ladas. In the world there are Nesiyayinus and in the world is Tumah. And suddenly in your Beis HaMikdash, in your holy dwelling place, in your Shabbos, there's a Sheretz, there's Tumah. Some people, he said, run away. Mishnah says, no. Kula Aum, everybody says, you have to deal with the Sheretz. You have to take the Sheretz out. That's part of your Shlichus. Don't be afraid of the Sheretz. There is Tumah in the world. Et Yerushal Nachash. Et Yerushal Nachash. Arba Amesu. There's something that comes from the Nachash from the Eitzadaz. There is Tumah. Don't be afraid. Everybody holds you have to take it out. But there's a Machloikas. How do you take it out? There's Rabbi Yochin of Embreka and there's Rabbi Yehuda. One shit is right away get rid of it even though your, your Avonate is going to become Tameh. The other shit is, no, 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 don't get close. Take it out with wooden tongues. The Rebbe said, there's two shittas in life. Elu ve'elu divrel kim chaim, two shittas in Yiddishkeit. One shit is, don't get involved with the sherets, even though it's part of your life, and it's in your animal consciousness. Try to remain aloof. Don't deal with it, don't get involved with it. Hamasabikim and nuvel, misnavel Until you find a way, you'll find wooden tongues that you can get rid of it without bringing tum into your garments. But then there's another shit that says, don't delay it. Even if you have to be metame, your garments get involved. It's two shittas in life. There's toxicity in my life. Do I ignore it? Do I somewhat try to transcend from it and let it be and don't deal with it, even though the tum is there? But I don't want to go there because going there is painful and going there is going to affect me. And he explained, it's not going to affect your essence. When the gartel becomes tummy, the kain himself doesn't become tummy because the etzim of a Jew can't become tummy. But the levushim will become tummy if you deal with it. So some person says, I don't want to. I don't want to get entangled with it. It's going into a painful place. I would rather remain aloof. Let the tumah stay until I found a, find a way of getting rid of it. The other shit that says, no, varv zecharayin, get rid of the sheretz right away. Even if it's going to affect your levushim, you have the power, go and get rid of the sheretz right away. Elu ve'elu divrei When you have this situation, it's very easy to get afraid. So Reb Shimon finishes the mission and says, let me tell you, there may be a sheretz in the Beis HaMikdash. But you should understand this world is not a world in which there's real conflict between Tumah and Tara. It's not like Tumah has a side and Tara has a side. Kedusha has a side and Chayl has a side. Good has a side and evil has a side. No, that's not Shabbos. It's not Erevin. Erevin means it's one. Enoid Mulvadai. This is not a world of real conflict between two sides. There's only one side. It's the side of goodness. It's not part of you is sick and part of you is healthy. No. You are healthy. You are wholesome. The challenges, the illness, the toxicity is there as a catalyst, as a springboard to bring out a deeper form of Enoid Movada. It doesn't mean it's not painful, but never doubt that it's Mishalach, Nasnulach. It's yours. It belongs to you. The world is yours. Bereish is Bishvil Atayna, U Bishvil Yisrael. The Rebbe concluded this part of the Siyam and he said, the debate about the Sheretz existed throughout many generations. But it only exists when there's still a lot of time. And when there's a lot of time, I can ask the question, do I let the Tumas sit and simmer, stay, and I remain disconnected from it? I try to. Or I say, no, I have to confront it and extricate it and get it out of my base. A good and legitimate debate. He said, now... There's no time left. Now we have to reach the place of Esruach Hatuma Avrimin Oritz, where the Sheretz will be removed from the world. The spirit of impurity, Hashem says, I'm going to remove. And therefore now our duty is that each and every one of us has to get down and help every single person, beginning with ourselves, to get rid of the Sheretz. 
to eject the toxicity, the depression, the trauma, the negativity, the self-loathing, the shame, the sense of this immorality and the impurity. And even if that means I have to go down to your space and I have to go down to my space with my guard to my belt, I got to throw out my belt. The lifeguard has to stretch out his belt, his rope. I have to stretch out my rope and take the sherets and help the sherets go out. In other words, I say that the kamos wins. I don't want to delay the tumah. I don't want to say, let the tumah stay, but I won't make it grow. But get rid of the tumah. Help people get rid of the tumah. Help the world become a place of In other words, kamos prevails over echos. And he said, that's why. The Rabbeim, our Rebbes, taught us that this is the era of Yafutsu Maynaisecha Chutzah. This is the time to bring Yiddishkeit, to bring the Pnimius of Yiddishkeit, the Chius of Yiddishkeit, the godliness of Yiddishkeit, and bring it everywhere, and bring it to every person, and bring it to every part of yourself. And don't be afraid that there are certain people or places that are off limits. Spread it without Hagbolas. And you might say, but there may be Shrats in me, I don't want to get close. Don't be Masha, the Tumah in the world. Don't delay Tumah in the world where Hashem is waiting that we turn the whole world into a into the ultimate dwelling place for Hashem, when the whole world becomes revealed to become the true Rishus Hayach that it always was, the private singular domain, the domain of oneness, which is going to be revealed when Mashiach comes, he's called the king that peace belongs to him, because his function is to create ultimate peace and harmony between heaven and earth between soul and body, between humans, between communities, between civil, all of civilization and humanity, between all of the universes, and ultimately between Hashem and the world, a truth that will be revealed with the coming of Mashiach Tzedkenu and the ultimate Geula Bimheira Biyameinu. Amen. Mamash. Thank you very much. We'll take some questions. So why don't we do this all six days? <laughs> why only on Shabbos? I think I alluded to it, right? Hashem wants us to live in a world of Rishus HaRabim and work that through. And then Shabbos, we bring it together. We bring it back to Rishus HaYachad. We don't live in a world of heaven. We live in a world of Malacha. We live in a world of creativity, of multiplicity. And then we bring it back on Shabbos. When Hashem created the world, did He really take something from Rishus HaYachad and carry it out into Rishus HaRabim? Excellent. Yes. That's what Ayin Liesh is. Pre-creation was all oneness, all nothingness. There was nothingness. Right? No thingness. Nothingness is no thingness. There was no thing. It was just Hashem's infinity. And what did he do? He took out reality from Rishus HaYachid, from a state of pure Enoid Mulvade, and he carried it out into Rishus HaRabim, into a public domain where there's distinct forces and distinct people and distinct world and distinct realities. Creation was the act of Moitzim Rishus Rishus. And what's Shavas Mikal Malachtoi? What's the resting of creation? What's the, no carrying out from Rishus to Rishus. It goes to Rishus HaYachid, we don't bring it into Rishus HaRabim. What's in Rishus HaRabim doesn't come into Rishus HaYachid. What's in Rishus HaYachid doesn't come into Rishus HaRabim. Because Shabbos, there's one Rishus, and we don't carry it out from that Rishus. That's the opposite of creation. Creation was the carrying out from Yachid to Rabbim, and the Shavas Mikal Malachta is, we don't carry out from Rishus HaYachid to Rishus HaRabim. There's the Sugi in Shabbos Kufnan Gimel, HaMechalal is HaShabbos B'Dover Shechiyoven Al-Shigigos Echatos V'Alzdoi Neskila, we see from here that Chumen is also called Chilul Shabbos. Chumen is also called Chilul Shabbos. Because he says, right? That means there's Chilul Shabbos on something that there's no skill and there's no Chatos and that's Chumen. So, 
you want to say maybe this is only Tchum and Doi Raisa. Tchum and Doi Raisa is called Chilul Shabbos. But still, if Tchum and Doi Raisa is the same Nekud, Al Yetzi Yishmem Kaimai. So it doesn't answer the question. It's an interesting diuk, but I think Chilul Shabbos means you're violating Shabbos. You're violating Shabbos. We touched you're making a hole in Shabbos. But what does it mean you're making a hole in Shabbos? Perhaps there's taka two ways. One is, I bring the Isr into Shabbos. I bring the Klippa into Shabbos. And I create a Cholol, a Chilul in Shabbos. Right? I'm, I'm poigim in Gdusha's Shabbos. I write, I make a fire. I'm poigim. There's a Gdusha's Shabbos in me. That's mayor in the, in the soul of a Jew. In Tanya Perik Memvav, there's a whole Arichas. Why an Amaritz or a Bur or a Poshetayid would get skilla for Chilul Shabbos. He doesn't even know what Shabbos is. The pshat is that there's the kedusha of Einoid Mulvade that, that shines in his soul and he's taka being mechalalit. And perhaps when he goes out, it's a different form of Chilo Shabbos. Taka, not that he brings the clip into Shabbos, but he brings the Shabbos into the clip. He takes Shabbos outside of the place where it belongs. So that's another form of Chilo Shabbos, perhaps. Perhaps that's the vart. Next question, okay. Good question. Rabbi Shimon says, Yikonis, right? That, Misha Hech Shechutz Lutchum, Afila Ama Achas Lo Yikonis. Rabbi Shimon Oimer, Afila Chamesh Shechutz Ama Yikonis. You're saying, Yikonis means you're allowed to, it doesn't mean you have to. According to the Rebbe's Vart, it doesn't mean you're allowed to, it means, it means you have to. It's a good question. So, somebody asked this to the Rebbe after the Siyam, and he said, it's not Pasha that Yikonis means you're allowed to. He says, he never saw this way or that way. Maybe Yikonis means you have to. I know we all translate Yikonis means you may go in. But he said, it's not so Pasha. Maybe Yikonis means you should go in. But even if it doesn't, even if Yikonis means you should, you, you may go in, there's a big question there. Why would the Chachamim allow you to do something that is at least a Suffolk Isidur Rabbana? It's clear from the first language in Rashi that Tesvav Amis is just an approximation. It may be less. Even the second Pshat in Rashi, the Me'iri says clearly, in many cases it was Tesvav, but in some cases it wasn't. So why would they let you do something that's a Suffolk is the Rabbanon? Unless there was a Pesamayla in it, there's a Pesatsoyrech, there's a Nira and a Malayus in it. So anyway, you twist it, Yikonis means there's certainly a Mayla in going in. There's certainly, there's certainly something advantageous about going in. Certainly. Right? Okay, you're asking, what's the Mishalach Nasnullah? What, what, what's the Chiddush Bechal? It's not a problem. Reb Shimon says you never left Chum Shabbos. That's wrong. Reb Shimon says you never left Chum Shabbos, but Reb Shimon still believes there's a problem going in. He's just matirit. Vaharaya. Rabbeinu Yoinus and Paskins, that Reb Shimon holds, that you're not allowed to, if you went out the Mezid from the Chum Shabbos, even within 15 Amas, you're not allowed to go back. If it's within the Chum, why aren't you allowed to go back? So you'll say, well, we're giving him a knas. But he didn't do anything wrong. It's in the Tchum. So why are you not allowed to go back? You say, well, he violated the marker. So because he violated the marker, therefore, therefore you're giving him a knas when he didn't do anything wrong? So is the charaya that Ib Shimon holds that there's a problem with, 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 with being, with being outside of the Tchum even within 15 Amas. And even the Yerushalmi who says that even if you, according to Ib Shimon, if you left, you could still go back in within 15 Amas. Also hold you Shimon is not going to tell anybody, go past the Tchum Shabbos as long as you go within 15 Amas. Ib Shimon never said that. Why? Why not? It's a mistake, so go further. If you know the truth, go further. So you say, well, Reb Shimon is afraid. If you go further, he may go further. But fine. But a guy says, I'm, I'm going. Reb Shimon doesn't allow that. For whatever reason, but L'Chathchil, it's an Isser. So therefore, going there is an Isser. It, it's some problem. It's some issue. Next question. You're asking if the whole problem of staying outside is because there's no Enoch Shabbos. There's no Enoch Shabbos. So then I understand that if Hechshech, it also exists. Because you're missing Einik Shabbos, because you can't get into the city. Got it. 
based on the Prish and the Beis Yosef and Shin Sadekei, that eight of Chatseris helps Einik Shabbos, fine. But if the Vart is that you went out for the, you went out to the Clippers and staying there is staying in the Clippers, so Misha Hechshech, there's no Isser. There's no Isser in Misha because he didn't go out. So if he didn't go out of the Tchum, so there's no Isser in staying there. So why would the Pshimen have to compete between the two? Emes, Emes. But the Vart is Pashat. If the Pshimen is Mate, that somebody who was over B'mezin and went out, he can go back, certainly he's not going to be Machmer on the Tzadik. The guy who was over B'mezin and went out to the Makam is I let him go back. And the guy who never did anything wrong, the Tzadik, you're not going to let him go in. That, that doesn't make sense. Next question. Why doesn't Reb Shimon allow even somebody who went out of the Tchum Shabbos, he went out 50 Amas, he could still come back because of Oynik Shabbos. You're saying if Oynik Shabbos is such a big deal and if he stays there, there's not going to be an Oynik Shabbos or he's going to stay in the place of Clippers. So even if he's outside of the Tchum Shabbos, Reb Shimon is just come back. Ah, he's doing an Isser. Good. He'll do one Isser, right? Echos. But he won't stay outside. Well, Reb Shimon is not changing the halacha of Tchum, and there is a halacha of Tchum. The halacha of Tchum is the Chacham said, don't go out of Tchum Shabbos. I'm sorry, there is something called a border. So you'll say, but if he went out, he went out, he, he should he should, uh, he should, should come back with Einek Shabbos. Well, he left the Tchum Shabbos. Even if it was Beshoyim, they took him out. But L'Poyal Mamish, there's halachas of Tchum Shabbos. If you for sure went out of the Tchum Shabbos, the Chachamim said, you can't go back in. I know there's a problem of Einek Shabbos. Just like you have other halachas, right? You climbed up on a tree, Pasha Tesyadi Lechutz. You say, Einek Shabbos. Einek Shabbos is not doich everything. Depends also what the level of Einek Shabbos is. This is all discussed in Poyskim. There is an Isra called Chumin that they're not changing. They're not changing. And it's not only L'Chatchil, even but the Yavid. Even with the Yavid, right? Even if it happened already. And the same is true Hechshech. It's not even his fault. He didn't do anything. But there's something called Chum Shabbos. You're stuck in the forest. Okay, I'm so sorry. You're stuck in the forest. You know, They're not going to start changing all the halachas because of this. So that's not Shaykh, the Kamos Arechos. It's the Isser of Tchumen. That's it. It's not Shaykh. You say, yeah, but there's, but Kamos, he's going to be outside. He's not going to have any Shabbos. I know that. But there's an Isser called Tchumen. There's an Isser called Tchumen. Just like Yud Bey's mill, right? <laughs> if he's outside of the Yud Bey's mill. <laughs> He's outside of the Tchum. Here, Reb Shimon is saying something else. Reb Shimon is saying, Mishalach Nasnulach. That's the Vart. It's Mishalach. It's a Suffolk. It's, it, it's, he's not outside of the Tchum. Maybe he's outside of the Tchum. Like I said, maybe. Yeah, that's true. That's why it's a problem. Not a simple thing. But maybe he's not. So Mishalach Nasnulach. So here they were Takalinyat. And because there's a Svar of Oynik Shabbos, and there's a Svar they don't want you to be outside, as we explained, so therefore they let you come back in. Mishalach Nasnulach. You're asking another question, that over here it's only a suffix. It's a suffix, maybe tesvav am. Maybe it's tchum, maybe it's not tchum. So if it's tchum, is good. If it's not tchum, is not. But by Aniva and Kshira, what's even the Havamin over there? He's tying a knot. So what's Bechlal the connection? Over here it's a suffix, it's not kamas and eichas. It may be, it may be, it's not kamas and eichas, it's an Indian of suffix. Good question, but by Kshira it's also the same thing. When you tie a knot, it's not a Dairais, it's a suffix. Asafik, Shema Asilidechatas, that's how Masech Erevin ends. What does Erevin say at the end? Erevin says at the end, what's the Lashon of the Gemara? The Lashon of the Gemara is, Anivil Asilidechatas, Shalit Abanan, Kshirid Asilidechatas, Shalit Abanan. It's Asilidechatas, we're not sure. If you have in mind that it should be permanent and you're not going to undo it, it's going to be a Chiyavchatas. But if you don't, if you say I'm tying it, but tomorrow I'm going to untie it, within a week or whatever, it's not a Kashyam, it's not. So it's also a Suffolk. So it's also a Suffolk. So madach, so just like by Tchum and Reb Shimon says, because it's a Suffolk, yeah, the Kamas prevails over the Eichas, here you can say the same thing. Let the Kamas prevail over the Eichas and do the Kshir, even though it's a Suffolk. So it's Mamash the same gather. You on the Typhus? 
On this Rav Shimon is Masbir, no. By Kshirin, Aniva, it's a Dairaisa versus other Rabbanon. So you don't say the Kamas trumps the Eichas. By Tchumen, it's both other Rabbanon. So you say the Kamas trumps the Eichas. Have a beautiful night. Mazel Tov once again. Those who are continuing Masech Psachim, we have on the yeshiva.net, we did a shir, we did shiurim on the first Pedic of Masech Psachim, and the last Pedic of Masech Psachim, including Rabbi Hanin's Gan HaKayanim, which is one of the hardest sugis in Shas, the end of the first Pedic of Masech Psachim, on the yeshiva.net, you could find the shiurim on Masech Psachim, and of course, I'd be thrilled if you join us in those shiurim, those are shiurim that were given uh, a few years ago. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.